the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, we uh, are a Tuesday now, and I'm trying to figure out. Somebody sent me something, uh, Elizabeth. I have to have you take a look at this. Uh, Somebody um, saying, is your video, question mark, Dave, and a frowny face, and it looks like this. Does that make any sense to you? Um, Maybe. Uh, (laughs) Well... If you're looking at Facebook or something and you're seeing that, it may be that we're not broadcasting just yet. We do not begin at the top of the hour. We begin right after the news. As far as I know, we are right now. Well, there's also a little bit of a lag time, too. And there is a little bit of a lag time. I had someone yesterday who were, who said, you know, where's your live? And it was right at the top of the hour. So we don't really go live on Facebook No, we don't go live five, until six minutes, six minutes after. Well, I would admit, yesterday I, I made a mistake in the very beginning of the show. <gasps> I didn't oh, get things you? started. I forgot about it. Oh, that's I'm why. Oh, now we know the culprit. <laughs> One of which is the <laughs> yeah, board on this show right, hold on, hold on. and a TV station. Dude, y'all got nothing on me. <laughs> uh, you're doing all right. Bottom line. We're up and running, so if you turn it on right now, go to facebooklive.com slash Dave Ellswick Show. Oh, yeah, it's on now. Put my put my uh, camera on over here. And you're showing quick. me a message, Hold so on. someone's messaging can, you. Can you zero? Can, does this let you zoom in? No, that thing does not zoom okay. in on the temple. Well, I can, I, I, can, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. That's freaking scary. <laughs> <laughs> and that's as good I, side. I told you to use the, the camera more, Dave, but... <laughs> I'm there, and I got teeth, see? (laughs) (laughs) R.D., how was the rain? Hey, it just started about... Jacksonville. Oh, you didn't really. run into it. Yeah, oh, I didn't run no. into we into were not North of the Rock at then. <laughs> but there Man. were uh, four accidents between McCain Mall and here. There was four accidents. People going all over the place, huh? No I guess it's called were... hydroplaning people. Yeah. Slow down it on gets, the water. It gets worse if you have bald tires. Yeah. Do not change three lanes at 70 miles an hour. <laughs> when, when the, they do it all the time, yeah, because you're going to do four. And the fourth one is the retaining wall. Well, in that car that we saw at lunch that was turned around backward oh, yeah. at the retaining wall. Oh, yeah, that was on 630. Yeah. And one, 6.30. Wow. One was looking down the highway. The other one was looking back at the cars coming towards him. It was, yeah, so it was bad. Not good for they them, were riding yeah. their horse backwards like blazing saddles. <laughs> That's huh? right. Absolutely <laughs> were. That's what it happened. They could tell where they've been. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, I'm I'm glad you got this. Yeah. You saw that up in Batesville, I'm sure, because you were just there. Yeah, I picked one, I picked one I up at Batesville, yeah. I can, I can, oh, there it is. There so, you that's, are. Um, but I'm that, hoping that, she wins. That race has been an interesting race. It's 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 funny yes, how much we are endorsing a candidate. It's, Can it's, I, well, here, this is the reason I would not vote for Sturge, even though he he did that stupid thing of walking out off off the floor. Listen to this statement. All right, now, we're talking <laughs> about school choice. Okay, now what is school choice all about? It's about giving parents the right to put their child in the best school 
that will do the best job of teaching your child the way that they that the, the parents want it to be done. It might take a little bit of authority away from the government, which mm-hmm. is generally a good thing. Well, you know, Linda Collins Smith said that he has declared himself the only school choice candidate. Stuart says hmm. um, he uh, denied using that language. He said he voted against the voucher pilot program because he heard from many of his constituents who opposed it. And he did not believe it was in the same vein as other bills giving parents more opportunities to pick their children's schools. And I'm going to quote him now. Quote, I'm not against school choice, dot, dot, dot. It's kind of a misnomer because it's a voucher program. Sturch, a voucher program is a school choice. Mm-hmm. program it is the ultimate school choice for parents they get to take the money that would be spent by the government for their student and take it to the school of are you ready are you ready their, their choice, choice. <laughs> that's the way it works I, I, I held on to this because i couldn't believe how stupid it was uh, well, I, I, he I didn't even know he I, just voted the way I, they I found him to. i found it interesting that i think at least a couple of different people described that as, as weasel politics. <laughs> it, no name calling, please. I didn't call it. Hey, I'm quoting. <laughs> so it, it's just interesting I, to, to note that there's a couple different, I think there's a couple different prominent people like posting some of the different, um, a mailer or two out there. That just They're just kind of um, nitpicky little things or maybe even somewhat um, misleading perhaps but not necessarily untruthful but but um they didn't tell all the truth like obfuscational perhaps yeah something like you know i've cut more taxes than any governor in the last 20 years but they leave out the fact that they've increased spending increased spending and raised more taxes kind of like the veterans you cut one you added three. The so whole truth. Now, you can say you cut truth. one, but you don't. You just leave the added three off. Right. I don't. I don't give someone a whole lot of credit for cutting taxes if they still increase spending. Like Trump cut a bunch of taxes, but you know we still increase spending. If I understand it correctly, or maybe well, I'm, maybe I'm wrong about that. We, we still got a pile of spending. The, well, he cut the, some things. Yeah, he cut, he cut some things. But let me tell you what that omnibus bill was an increase in spending. Yes, and he laid his marker down and said, not again. And I guarantee you he's not going to let it happen again. But I say to that, how long? How many times have we heard that before? Right. And we'll see what next time. Well, it's brings. coming. It sounds a little like a politician. And we, it does. We, we can remember from George Bush a long time ago. It says, "Read my lips, no new taxes." And guess what? Well, that was there's a, long a lot time of difference ago. between George Bush <laughs> that and was Donald in, Trump. I, I that was what the nineties. That was yeah. early nineties. I, I even remember that. And statement. if that and if that Ferengi <laughs> wasn't running as a third party candidate, Bush would have won. That's the only reason he lost. Was because of the Ferengi. Uh, I can't, you know, I, I, I called for Ross Perot a Ferengi for so long now, I can't even remember Perot's name normally. Because <laughs> that's what you look like. Remember, remember Deep Space Nine on TV? I do. Didn't he look uh, like one of them with those big ears of his? Uh, he looked like a Ferengi. You're right. Poor guy. I used to call him the Ferengi uh, in the race. <laughs> well, that wasn't what he intended to do, but it is what it turned out. That's exactly. It's, yeah. it, many times that's what a third-party candidate well, and, does. And the thing is, he might have actually gone somewhere if he hadn't dropped out of the race. See, that's the problem that we got in West Virginia now. 
the guy who did not win the primary there, the dude that went to jail because of all that uh, bizarre stuff dealing with that mine, the coal mine there mm-hmm. in West oh, Virginia, yeah. and he lost big, but he still had maybe, what, 3% of the vote? He's now said he's going to run as a third-party candidate. Well, what maybe deal? Maybe nobody votes mm-hmm. for him, but the 3% mm-hmm. that voted for him before, but if it's a really, really close race... You could throw Not good. into things. Yeah. So, so he can run in the primary, and then if he loses, he can run independent? Yeah. If that state allows. Yeah. It, yeah. Evidently, I, they allow law. it because he said he's going to do it. it. Arkansas doesn't allow that, does it? I wouldn't know. I don't know either. Huh. Maybe somebody can call in and tell I us I don't that. think so because because of the way our calendar falls, you would have had to file before. Okay. I, I, I'm going to assume that. Because our primary is really quite okay, early. Now, I, think, I have right? a really important question to ask, Artie. I don't know if a lot of you have been seeing this on Facebook or not, but Tom Cotton threw his support behind Asa Hutchinson. And so now there's all these people out there saying, I'm done with Tom Cotton. I'll never vote for Tom Cotton again. How dare he? How dare he? But what are they going to do about this now? Trump backs Asa Hutchinson. Does that mean they won't vote for Trump in 2020? Well, I tell you what, be it careful shows you. what you say. Yeah, that's kind of like Bush saying no taxes. You know, sometimes you have to eat your words in life. I don't try to n- never say never because as life turns around, you find yourself doing something that you thought you would never, <laughs> never ever knew. do. My dad used to say that. <laughs> don't ever say never. never. But sadly enough. That shows you how much politics is going on in Washington D.C., and that even the Republican, uh, the Republican establishment has that much control over Donald Trump. It's sad, but if Donald Trump is going to get anything done, he has to play ball with the Paul Ryan's and and, and the more moderate. what we would call but moderate Republicans. Doesn't that? affect the way that tom cotton looks who he puts his sure it does oh, oh there's no doubt i mean you got 29 governors that are republicans that are pushing trump not to kill obamacare <laughs> and basically we can still only buy obamacare policies is all we can still buy so we're all held with a gun to our head when it comes to health insurance still but the you know, it's politics. It's, so Tom Cotton, you don't ever hear Tom Cotton. He's smarter than your average politician because he don't ever say a squeak about health care. If you hear Tom Cotton talking, it's going to be Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, about immigration. our veterans. Immigration. Hey, he's a very smart politician. He stays out of the health care. But that just shows you those two guys right there waiting in on a governor's race shows you that the Republican establishment can still put their arms behind but their let's back remember, occasionally. And look at Tom Cotton, how has he voted on Obamacare every time he's voted? For or against? I would say probably against. 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 How, how is Bozeman? Against. Against. All right. How about our congressman? Against. Against. All right. So with that in mind, you know, I think it comes back more to you know, they're trying to do to the people who are in the Republican Party here in the state. These are the people who supported him when he Maybe ran so. 
for election. It may be more of a tactical endorsement. No, I think yeah, well, it's definitely it tactical. If you look at who the favorite is and who, and you know, if if you had to hedge your bets and yep. pick a team, if you were trying to pick a team, then uh, if you were talk, thinking about getting re- reelected, right. then right. picking and Ace's team would be the safest and, team and who to do bet. You, and who are you going to have to deal with? It, you know, do you think you're going to deal with a Jan Morgan team, or do you think you're going to defeat, uh, are going to deal with Ace's team? More than likely. And more than likely, and mm-hmm. I'm going to say it about it. If Jan Morgan pulls this off, I will agree. Who's the guy that's out there in Conway, one of the, the school, Hendricks or whatever, that does the polls with Roby Brock and stuff? Mm-hmm. That, uh, the guy out there oh. that does well, it. <laughs> Jay Barth. Yeah, Jay Barth. Barth said it would be probably the biggest upset ever in Arkansas, in Arkansas history. Well, he's in, right. In college, it, it would be. The biggest. I, I it, do not dis- that disclaim throw, that. It would throw a monkey wrench into Arkansas politics for the next, what, six or eight months? No, longer six than that. Six or eight that. months. Well, well about ten, ten years. Just, well, it, it would throw a monkey wrench into politics for a of long course. time. But just just in the election, it's going to vastly change things because it, it, it puts the Democrats in the running on some level. But, well, no, you know, if you're, if you're a, if you're a, uh, a Republican and you're a sitting senator— where do you put your chips down? You, you know, there might be a, he might have a quarter of a chip over into the Jane, the yeah, Jan Morgan H- column. How about you don't put him got, down anywhere? How about you just run your own race? No, okay. But he's going to, he's going to stand behind the governor because the, the governor is probably 99% of the chance, maybe less, I don't know, I would think it'd be in the 90 percentile. Uh, is the guy you're going to have to deal with. But the sad thing is, just like Elizabeth said, why do we need a, a sitting senator in Washington, a national senator, endorsing, wait, endorsing anybody in a primary in Arkansas? Well, perhaps I mean, there's no need, especially the president. Right. Maybe 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 we don't do it on the show or anything else. Maybe it's because... The, this governor has had a tendency to to run people against you. Well, and and understand something. Yeah, well, that, that's an the understatement. First thing or, I, or maybe not maybe not physically run people against you, but maybe have a tendency to help push, perhaps, or maybe just they mysteriously you just end up with a primary candidate. He picks them out. Re- and remember them. where Ace has spent the day, the day that that announcement came out. Right, from he was Mr. he Trump. was hanging out with Trump. He went they to had speak dinner. to Trump. They had dinner among other governors. Ro- Ro- he wasn't it was the only Rosemary one. and Crusted Lamb, mm-hmm. in fact. I, really? Yeah, it was, I'm glad was you in, keep it up. was in the article. I, I'm I just glad you knew love that. reading that kind of stuff. <laughs> so this was technically a government trip, though, right? Uh, I think it was pork idea. chops and, and, and bacon. <laughs> it's all about bringing home the fat the bacon, and bringing home the, the bacon, bacon Obamacare money. $9.8 billion. No, we, we honestly, there, there was a meeting <laughs> right. at the White House with Trump and several governors that yep. had to do with housing Arizona, the immigrant children. New Mexico. Okay. So when I saw that endorsement from Trump, I have to say I was a little disappointed in our president. I It'll actually live. wish he had just stayed out of the race totally. Right. But it was not that difficult with the man sitting right in front of him that day. Mm-hmm. For the man to ask him probably for an endorsement, if that's the way it happened. Right. That's not so, the way the governor said he, they were talking, and he asked uh, Hutchinson. Hutchinson said, said, yeah, my primary is tomorrow. Exactly. And he said, well, if that's so the case, right then, there. you know, he, he dictated a, a tweet to be sent out mm-hmm. just before they sat down for dinner. I'm a little disappointed. And for the most part, the reason that happened is because Arkansas was the first state to arc, uh, offer 
National Guard assistance on the border. We're sending some helicopters first, and things. Now, I know you criticize non-border state as far as physically not on the border okay, of Mexico. Non-border, but I say every state is a border state. Every state, state is a border state. I agree well, with that's that, a good by thing. the way. But we were the only first, first state that is not on the Mexican border to say, mm. yes, we will help and send our National Guard. That was an ASA decision. That's a good thing. Okay. That was an ASA decision. That was a good one. So anyway, that's uh, the, the so, president so we that gave admit him the nod. That Asa made a good decision. He in should that choice. Yes, that's, that was yeah. an excellent decision. See, and that's the other thing that we got to get. Elizabeth and I were talking quite a lot today. She came over. We were venting, and we we headed out to BJ's, one of my favorite places to eat. Had a vegetable plate today. Uh, just so you'll know, RD, I had watermelon, green beans, mashed potatoes with brown gravy. Wow. And uh, unsweetened tea. And All down right. to less than 200 pounds. Yeah. Wow, that's I'm, awesome. Yeah, I'm hit one ninety. And how many cookies? Wow, that's I, awesome. I bought two cookies. <laughs> I bought two cookies. And I'm over here getting fat. So I did that. But the bottom, <laughs> the bottom, bottom line is there there is something that must happen amongst we who are on the right. There's people who Thank attack you. me now because supposedly because I don't scream on the air at people i'm not having any effect i believe because i don't scream anymore i have more effect than i used to have and uh, you can't think that every time you're going to do something you're going to win the ball game completely it it. doesn't happen that way not in this politics. is where rd and i see eye to eye on this and we don't see eye to eye a lot on some things but we see eye to eye on other things so you're and, not going to leave the room because you two don't agree see, and that's my <laughs> biggest problem why would you turn your back on people that for 90 percent of the issues that you deal with them on you agree with them it's almost like people are <laughs> no almost it but is. you're not a purist so I'll have nothing to do with you anymore. Well, we're looking for things that we disagree on, and we're wanting to fight about that rather than look at the things we agree on to try to figure out how we can pull together to get those things to happen. To be honest with you, I don't get upset with Tom Cotton because he endorses ASA. I get upset with Tom Cotton because he has no problem in my government spying on me. I got problems with that. that. That's pretty serious, too. I got a problem with that one. You know, take the names out of it. I don't think they should be weighing in in the primary. I think they ought to let the Arkansas voters do it. See, you so and I agree with There's we, another we, we, we agree, agree on with. that. And, and another thing, before a manager or a senator or anybody can make a good decision, they've got to hear both sides of the story. And something I've learned on being on Dave's show, you've got to be patient and listen to both sides of the story. All right. Taking a break. Let's take a break. And we'll be back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we got a lot of things to talk about today. One is we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the president giving his support in the race on the governorship uh, between Asa and, and Jan Morgan, and it went to Asa. And does that have any effect to somebody going to the polls? I doubt it, but we'll talk about it. Uh, those justices hearing that case about Goodson, how surprising today she decided we won't pr- proceed with this. So <laughs> she dropped a case. No way. Yeah, in Fort mm. Smith today. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. The I'm judge sorry, canceled that is a, very bad. She that canceled the hearing bad. Monday and a motion from attorneys representing Arkansas Supreme Court Justice Courtney Goodson filed a suit in Sebastian County Circuit Court last week over the airing of attack ads during her reelection campaign. They dropped it and they their their argument for doing that was well, a witness who testified in hearings on identical lawsuits in Washington and Pulaski counties last week wasn't available today to testify in Fort Smith. Hmm. You know what? I'm sorry, but it's what I said last week. This was done for no other purpose except to get the temporary restraining order from her buddy, the judge. Yeah, whose wife was getting money from her husband. She got what she wanted. She has abused the judicial system in my book. I mean, well, this is as wrong maybe that's as it why somebody's be. been spending you 500. Either, <laughs> it's either important enough for you to fin- you know, continue your lawsuit or it's not, and that tells me everything I need to know. All right. Uh, that is disgusting. Got to get to the what? Uh, not the weather, to the news. Hear what the, uh, what the news is for right now that we need to know immediately. All right, back with you. Uh, Russ, I'll send that to you in just a moment. Uh, Dave Ellswick show here on 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, we've been talking about a lot of different things uh, during the first half hour. You all said that you came across uh, some kind of, uh, what, a mailer on uh, Sturge that they sent out about dealing with guns? Let me, let me find it here. Oh, it, it, it was so, about everything. So, so he the claim was that he had supported... Um, expansion of gun rights while linda um, collins smith voted against it which the fact is that no it wasn't a, a it wasn't a bill about gun rights it was a bill about gun privileges and it did it did indeed expand gun privileges for those who are willing to purchase the permission slip from the government there's a difference between rights and privileges and in this case it was a it was basically a bought and sold privilege that sturch voted for and linda collins smith voted she against. voted against she wanted the bigger bill, which was much more gun rights, while exactly. Sturge went for, uh, you know, the neutered gun bill. Exactly. Something like that. And exactly. And he's, he's twisting it so people will think that she's not for gun rights, which is absolutely false, and that he is the biggest supporter of gun rights, which is also false. He's well, twisted. It says the same thing about pretzel, schools also. Pretzel logic. Yeah, same thing about schools. It says that he voted to support public schools and Linda voted against supporting public schools. And I think the implication there was that if you actually knew what was going on, I think the implication there would be that Linda Collins Smith voted in, in favor of school choice and and Sturch voted against school choice, I'm assuming, is the, what's going on. And, and so many of the, the opposition to school choice would say that well if you vote in favor of school choice you're voting against public schools and and so that's the argument is that well if we don't if we give parents a choice well, they'll choose something other than public schools and that'll hurt the public schools you know the best thing in the world would be that all parents choose something other than public school and raise their own kids that would be that should be the ideal goal for the government school program is to actually wean everybody off their program. That would be that would right. be perfect. Linda Collins Smith is for more freedom and less government control. Is yes. what Linda Collins Smith is for. Right. And, and, and that ad is is right. And the left wing is misleading because it twists the whole story. And the left wing um, socialist ideology on that is that well we can't have more freedom and liberty because that that means you're against public schools. 
That's I'm surprised that Linda took the high road in her in her campaign as well as she did. If you look at her flyers and everything, it's all positive. This is what I've done, this is what I voted for, and this is what I stand for. But boy, I tell you what, that would a flyer like that would make you want to get down in the mudslinging contest. But it was just kind of interesting though. We were we were we pulled up one of the um a senator a friend of the show and he described it as weasel politics. Yeah, and that's from a senator that usually doesn't call names and usually uh, <laughs> is very considered uh, considerate about his words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, he was, uh, chooses yeah. his words closely. And, then, and let me tell you, if you walk up to Sturch and say, you know, that card was so misleading, you said, I had nothing to do with it. Somebody else did that. I, mm-hmm. you know, they sent it out for my campaign. Mm-hmm. I hadn't. I didn't have anything to do with it. Oh. You've well, heard that from politicians. Oh, I've heard that. I've I've been in times I've when I wanted to do the same thing. <laughs> but uh, no. But hey, somebody, a real leader, takes responsibility of everybody that is responsible for and everybody under underneath him. So uh, I think that's a weasel's way out to blame somebody else for something that that you stamped your approval on. I guarantee you, his approval went on it on it before it went out. All right. So I got asked uh, a question here. Do you think it's going to be Sturch, or do you think it's going to be Linda Collins-Smith? Hmm. Man. I'm going to say Smith. Okay. Well, I've been up there for three days holding a sign for Linda and waving at people on on, on the corner up there, and I've got my fingers crossed. Have they been honking at you? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of thumbs up. Any gunshots? No, I, I didn't get flipped off or ran okay. over. Okay, it's it's going her way. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. So, uh, so uh, it's going it's going to be close, but I think Lynn is going to pull it out. So, is that why you're extra dark tanned? You got that right. I, I, well, I, you're I looking see, good. Buddy. I can see it on your. When you that's, not a, that's, not booth, that's not that's not a tanning booth. That's working for Linda. <laughs> okay, so we will defer. There's evidence. Uh, we'll right. defer to the uh, the female here. And what are you thinking, Elizabeth? Sturch or Linda Collins? It is hard to know. I would personally throw my my cards down for Linda. All right. I think Smith will win. I really do. And uh, I, I hope I think the voters are smart good. enough to well, I think people see through some can of see stuff. some to it. Yeah, I, yeah. She's been up there. Well, he's been two years, right? As a state rep, just two years. Is that all? That's all I know of. Yeah, you, just the last two years. years. We haven't heard his name right. for the last two years. I think the way he's he's doing the articles and Lying everything. Low. The, well, the, that, uh, he's been around for a while. Maybe he wasn't a legislator before. Well, he had a father that was. Okay. Maybe that's. It seemed like I've seen him around for a while, but he's just been kind of a familiar face. But maybe that was. Maybe the last session was the first time he was actually a legislator. Yeah. So, so. anyway, and uh, so, you know, I think Linda Collins Smith. Has been she's been with the Democrats first, and then switched over to the Republicans. And believe me, you can talk to Linda Collins Smith about this. When she made the decision to go Republican, she showed up at one of our conservative meetings that we have at the uh, the Capitol, the Conservative Caucus, down, down yeah, in the basement. Cons- yeah, down in the basement. I don't know if we're going to meet down there anymore or not. I heard that they. I haven't been there since they changed everything. There's oh, no there's no meeting room anymore. Okay. What they do. Did they open it all up? You didn't know place. they closed the whole place down? You know, they did a bunch I, of work under the, under the I floor. I guess yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they shut the place down. They got rid of the uh, folks that were doing the cafeteria. They brought in Aramark. I know you oh. can't wait to go down yeah. there and eat Contractors. now. And uh, I understand that nobody eats at the Capitol now. Oh. Um, yeah. So but anyway, no bottom line, that's what's what happened. And she came to 
say that she's doing David uh, Crow brought her in, and I put her through the third degree. <laughs> I really did. And I looked at her, and I said, I'll be watching. Proof she's is in what you've done. And you know what? She's one of my best friends now. <laughs> is that right? Yes, she is. That's I how you get I to know, know somebody. That. I mean, yeah. I watched her. She was <laughs> under my my laser eyes for a long time and she has been probably one of the most conservative senators there at the capitol i agree and i like her for whatever it's worth mr sturch was first elected in 2014 his ballotpedia says that his professional experience includes working as a high school social studies teacher. Okay. Hmm. All right. So says he has a bachelor's degree in political he was indoctr- science. He was indoctrinating kids. Okay. So. He has a bachelor's degree in political science, and then he worked as a social studies teacher. Hmm. So social studies is basically where they teach socialism to children? <laughs> social studies is teaching, learning it's about good, good other try. cultures. It's, it's supposed to be supposed history, Supposed to be. Right? Other countries that you learn about. But anyway, bottom line is, uh, he has he being last this last two years were were his maiden voyage so to speak uh, in the political realm. All right, I got to talk to you about PI Roofing. Let me get that in uh, for you. They have included now besides just fixing your roof, fixing all the problems that water getting into your house. Uh, has done to your house like you know the stains on the ceiling and the drywall repair and the insulation they get all wet and nasty and probably going to end up having black mold on it the ventilation gets up there and it forms mold last thing you need is that then you get your air conditioner turning on and pushing that stuff all through your house so now they've got the people working at pi roofing that can take care of all of that you don't have to go out and look for the contractors to do it they're all right there with pi roofing and they're now called pi roofing and home solutions all you need to do is call them 501-687-6246 or visit them on the uh, the web at pi roofing just google pi roofing or go to pi roofing.com all right we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Today is Election Day. And later on in the show, because yesterday I, let, I allowed Kenny to come on and was told that he was going to talk about the bikers for Jan, the Trump bikers for Jan. And he came on and he did a, uh, a political uh, presentation for Jan Morgan. At that point... Uh, if I'm called by the opposing team, so to speak, and they say we'd like to come on and refute that, by FCC regulations, I must. So at 4 o'clock, uh, J.R. Davis will be joining us for a while. And there is a possibility, I understand, that Asa Hutchinson may stop in as well. So just giving you guys a heads up that that may happen. And nothing I can do about it because um, – fair play it was fair it is fair play at that you point what you've always done on your show dave is let people present both sides of the story and let people decide what they believe and if you don't hear both sides of the story then you can't make an educated decision i agree with that i agree with that and i don't tell you in a primary who i voted for there's a couple of people in this room who do know that but they will not say on the air because i'll deny it <laughs> just the way it is so by the, by the, but the bottom line is this is the time 
where you as the voter have to do your your business and your business is to find out which of the the uh the different uh, uh politicians that are in your your you know whether they're state or whether they're uh, local uh who are you going to vote for do your homework and if you haven't started yet you've waited too long i'm just telling you you've waited too long uh I wanted to give you guys some information. I, I was talking to um, Elizabeth about this earlier, and then I got Jason Klein sent me some more information from over the Secretary of State's office, and I was reading this to her and to um, um, our, our Old Testament prophet friend <laughs> uh, who's sitting in here with us, of course. And uh, you weren't here yet, R.D. You hadn't arrived yet. So let me read it to you. Here's the rundown of unofficial numbers as of 8 o'clock this morning. After uh, the uh, early voting is done. All right, because today is the 22nd. And I'm going to make this bigger so I can actually read it. All right. Come on. Thank you. Total registered voters in the state of Arkansas. 1.7 million and change. 1,700,046, 1,700,046,568. A little okay. over half the population. Yeah. Total early and absentee combined votes reported as of this morning, May 22nd. Turnout percentage so far? 5%. A little better than that. 6.7. Boy, I wasn't bad off, was I? 14. 2014 was 6.4. Mm. Went up three-tenths of a percent. Mm. By party, here's how the votes break out. Democrats cast 41,626 votes, or 35.8% of the the votes cast. Independents, or as they like to call them in this, others. Nonpartisan. Tooth and I say zero. Others, you know, 2,024 votes, or 1.7%. So those would be the ones who who did not choose a a Republican or Democrat ballot. That's correct. They just simply voted the nonpartisan cases. Our our Old Testament prophet would call that a remnant. Okay. (laughs) A remnant. That's right. uh, The Republican votes 72,577 or about twice as many as the Democrats, it was 62.4%. 70% would have been half. Uh, so they got 62.4%, uh, 72,577. Um, my feeling on that is, you know, even if the spike, let's say, was, you know, if you figure you got more Republicans than Democrats now, uh, I don't think that's enough of a bump to really help Jan Morgan. She needed a big, she needed a Trump turnout. That's what she needed. And that's sort of right. what we heard all along is she's running as a Trump type candidate. candidate, but she's not <laughs> you know, Dave, Trump. Yeah. You know, Dave, I've got a question. Now, if a Democrat shows up and pulls a Republican ballot, which in Arkansas, but, which do I it. don't like, they can do it now because we got an open primary. We have an open primary, so would they be counted as a Republican? Yes. Yes. Okay. 
because all the, all those numbers reflect are the ballots that are, are so being that's requested. My, so that's so my let me question. tell you, because okay? you question. can't see the votes yet, right? All you got is numbers right. and whether it's so one ballot or the other. Say that the Trump voters didn't turn out, and no, and, and looking at this, it doesn't look like the Democrats who. What is that blue wave? Yeah, no blue wave here. That's it's the coming. main thing. It's so. coming. It's the big one. It's coming. Because evidently, uh, you know, the, the votes here. for here for the Spencer, uh, was it Clark? Clark Tucker. Uh, Spencer Clark, Clark Tucker Tom, and all Combs. of those guys. That hasn't, must not have generated a whole lot of That's excitement an either. Thing. That's an interesting thing. The money that the Democrats have put into that race. There's the, a lot the of national money. Democrats. Well, I want to tell you, a lot race. of money has been spent by all by three. I know three of those candidates. Spence, Spencer spent pretty Spencer's heavy. Spencer's been spending pretty heavy. Where, yeah, did he actually? He, I didn't know that he actually actually had had collected all that much money. He um, did, but he's been trying yeah, but, to you know trying to compete. What, uh, he was in the three hundred thousand oh, dollar range. Really? I, I don't recall. Wow. All yeah, I think that's I what he was. Realize. I mean, look, there's a there's a billboard. Right there on I uh, six thirty, hmm. yeah. That, but really, he's had for over a month and a half. I hate to well. tell you this, but if you're going to be a serious, oh, you got a lot, governor, a, lot of money. A, a, a serious governor opponent, and no, maybe you're not as pretty have, as Jan Morgan, and have don't two have two and a half million dollars. History, yeah, you better have you better have a couple million dollars. As I have said, money is the mother's milk of politics. You've got to have, you've got to be able to at least match the person you're running against. So so exactly who's right. even running for governor on the Democrat side? Do we even know who that is yet? Yeah, it's two people. I forget who oh, it is. They actually have a primary, huh? Yeah. The Democrat? Yeah. 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 Governor. Clark, Clark Tucker's running. No, he's Dunn. running for Congress. district two. Oh, that's he's right. That's right. Two. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, there's I two. I still got to have my mind. I thought it seems he was like it was to. a guy and a woman that were running. Okay. I don't even know. Yeah, I hadn't. And I forget what their names were. I had them. And I don't have them with me right now. Uh, hold on. I think it was in the paper. Hmm. Who are you this trying to find? And who's, the, the, who are the Democrats, the Democrats running, running for governor? The I got it right here. Hold on. Let me open it up. And, and I got the money coming up on Mr. Paul It Spencer. says, hmm. da, 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 uh, Democratic primary governor, Letitia Sanders and Jarrett Henderson. Okay, I think I've heard Jared, Jared Henderson. Uh, U.S. House District 2, Democratic That's primary, right. Combs, Dunkley, Spencer, Tucker. Republican Party, House 3rd, uh, you know, that's Womack and Rob Reverse, I guess is how you pronounce his name. Hmm. Uh, Bruce uh, Westerman is running against Randy Caldwell, 4th so District, and Secretary a, of hmm. State, Trevor Drown, John Thurston. I don't guess I realized that Bruce Westerman had a primary. Yeah, he had oh, primary. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just to correct ourselves yes. on Mr. Spencer. Yes. Um, according to Open Secrets, great place to look for financial information. Right. How much? Um, Clark Tucker has brought in inside the state 339000 plus, mm-hmm. and Paul Spencer inside the state 22000 Oh, wow. no. Here's the interesting thing. Outside the state, Clark Tucker's brought in from outside the state 107000 and something. Mm-hmm. Paul Spencer has brought in from outside the state 123000 oh, wow. versus wow. the 22000 inside the state. Because he, he hooks up 
with the lefties. That tells you something right there. And he hooks See? up with the leftists. Yeah. Wow. He's getting outside money from outside He's the state. He's feeling the burn from, from outside state. <laughs> I'm just saying. And interestingly enough, let's see, he's the only one in that district to get that much more money from outside the state. Everybody else is getting more money from inside. What were the numbers on Dunkley? On Mr. Dunkley, he has gotten $4,300 inside the state and 2850 outside the okay. state. Now, that's also interesting that he's received that much money from outside the state because he is so unknown, very yeah. unknown, yeah, very brand new. So where's all those people been yelling about outside money? And this race doesn't seem to be well. Doesn't money. count when it's for you. Dark, dark money. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. If it's when going you, against you, it's dark money. Yeah, if, if 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 it's against you, but if it's for yeah. if it's for you, it's not. All right, hold on, hold no. on, hold hold your thoughts because we're almost out of time. I want you to pick it up, Elizabeth. When we come back, want to remind everybody about Holland Bottom Farms. If you want strawberries, get them now. Yes. Get them now. Yes. Last time I I went to Holland Bottom, I have never seen the lines like they've had this year it's been incredible 40 50 people standing in line waiting for for strawberries it's incredible uh and uh if you don't want to stand in line there in cabot try the van in searcy on east race street right to right across from the hospital at the conoco station here in little rock they're selling like crazy at chanel parkway and kirk right across from the kroger just look for the red pickup and they have they may have the red pickup there and may have the big the big uh, van. Whichever, they've got the strawberries for you. Stop by and pick up some of those delicious, juicy, sweet, oh, i got to say, you know, I'm hooked on them, strawberries from Holland Bottom Farms. All right, let's take a break for news. We'll come back. we got more here on Dave Ellswick Show. Talking more money when we get back all right welcome back dave ellswick show on a election tuesday and uh, if you haven't voted how come get out i see russ is holding up his sticker it says i voted you know i voted yesterday and i couldn't find the i voted stickers i felt naked walking out of there to give it to you yeah man i needed you that. gotta have your sticker because russ will tell you whenever i vote i always stick it on my forehead <laughs> So nobody can miss it. It's kind of like Ash Friday for me, or Ash Wednesday. What day is that? Is that is it? It's a Wednesday. Ash it's Wednesday. Wednesday right? Ash okay, Wednesday. I wanted to make it Ash Wednesday. See, I'm not Catholic, so I'm, I'm not either, and I know that, dude. <laughs> You're supposed to know. Anyway, yeah, Ash Wednesday, but uh, I typically stick it up there so that everybody sees it. You know, because everybody looks at my uh, looks at my my forehead because it's so high now, and secondly. There's no reason to look at my chest. I'm just saying. I lo- I love that look, Russ, when you when I do. <laughs> I can't even turn on my microphone right now because I'm afraid of what I'm going to say. I look you at got our, him speechless. Artie, and you're Artie in the over, face. Artie looks over there. No, no, no. It's not speechless. It is censored. <laughs> is that why Dave's yeah. red in the face? Anyway, no. By the way, Ed Monk sent me a message, evidently. You have it, Elizabeth? Give me two moments. It's okay. right here. Then bring it up. Get the computer to behave a little. Okay. Well, while you're doing that, let me remind everybody, 4 o'clock, I have been notified that uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson is going to come in and visit with us for a few moments, that he's coming in. Of course, that's happening because of yesterday with uh, Kenny Wallace uh, spending about 20 minutes 
talking about Jan's campaign. Uh, so we, we're going to give him equal time to come in and, and say uh, say hello to us. Yes. Now, what does this say? You got it. Uh, yes. Mr. Monk wants us to know that last resort firearms training is having an informational meeting on Thursday night, May 24th at 630 at his classroom in Whitehall. And it is a summary of his lawsuit situation against an employee of the Arkansas State Senate. Yes. And that would be in Whitehall, Arkansas on Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. Yeah, if you're interested in that, you should go, really should go. If you're coming in from the uh, Little Rock area, uh, you're going to take the uh, expressway, was it was that 504 or whatever? 540? 540, I think. 30. 530 is what goes remember. down south well, this goes, It's heading... Toward Pine Bluff? Yeah, towards Pine Bluff. I think, I think it's... Anyway, it's take five. the expressway, get off at Gravel Ridge, come back across the uh, the bridge, first entrance there uh, off of that road on your right-hand side is uh, the Monk's Place. Okay. So you can go in there and hear what's going on. Last, Last I heard, and this kind of upsets me, is that the... Uh, Lieutenant Governor, not Lieutenant Governor, pardon me, the uh, uh, AG. Attorney General. Yeah, the Attorney General is trying to get that case thrown out. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand that because on the merits of the case of what I know about it, uh, it definitely needs to be heard. Definitely Why would needs she do that? to be heard. I don't know. Why is it in her business? I don't know. Well, she's the lawyer for the state, so it oh. becomes her business. So anyway, you got that. That's going on. All right. Uh, Thursday night also, I, along with Paul Harrell, uh, it, it, I'm going to be over in Faulkner County in Conway uh, for the Faulkner County Tea Party. And uh, they're having their monthly gather, gathering. I assume it's a, the monthly one, right? It is, but it's not on the uh, the regular normal time of the month we're usually on the second thursday and we so typically it's out of sync. we typically do this around election time and it, this time we're doing it around primary and i'm sure we'll do it again maybe in november but it gives a time for uh, paul harrell and myself here paul harrell show here uh from 6 to 8 a.m every morning on on the answer and you hear me from 2 to 6 and we'll be talking about the elections and the outcomes and what does it mean and what should we take from them and all of that kind of stuff. So I'll be there along with Paul. In the interest of full disclosure, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be all the talk radio show hosts from Central Arkansas, but they won't all be there tonight or, or tomorrow night. Thursday night, yeah. Yeah, so. Thursday night, just because I don't know why. I don't know why either. I don't know why, yeah. So anyway, bottom line is Paul and I will be there to talk. So I always, like, I always like go to that. And well, you know you want to good, see these guys in person, so come on out. Now, there's always good questions that are asked, and uh, I'm going to tell you, if you ask me a question that I don't have a clue on, I'm going to tell you I don't have a clue. <laughs> That's know, a very educated things, crowd. Yeah, there's some, I mean, there's some things in there that, that, uh, that are, there's some things going on in, in the elections uh, this year that I, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other, you know what I'm saying? Just, it's yeah. just the way it issues is. Issues or candidates? Yeah. Issues both. or candidates? Yeah. Both. It's both. both. Yeah, we'll be yes. talking both. There, and there's a lot of great, uh, you know, a lot of great uh, voting going on today. You got, uh, you know, what's going to happen between Ballinger and uh, um, who Brian is it? King. And Brian King. King. You That's know, a, who is the incumbent coming back or 
is uh, Ballinger, who's been in the, in the, uh, the state house all this time, going to make his transition to uh, the uh, the Senate now? You know, and we're losing one, one of the other yeah, of them. Yeah. We're going to lose. And both, both of them are good conservatives. But here, here's the key on that. A lot of people have said, "Well, Ballinger's only doing because Asa told him to do it." That's not true. No, I don't think so either. King said that he was not going to run. That's right. In the beginning, there right. wasn't going to be this head-on-head thing. Right. Because yeah. And I think that's how Ballinger that's thought he when was he going decided. in. Yeah. Because he thought he wasn't going to be opposed on by, by Brian, because I think he would have stayed out of it if Brian was going to run. Does anyone know why Mr. King changed his mind? I think I heard that he was having some um, some business issues. There had been he, issues because before. Because the farm issues sorted yeah. themselves out. Because he's a chicken farmer. All right. right, and he he had some problems getting back for votes and things. Uh, many people know that, and uh, he was deciding. I think that he wasn't. It was just getting to be too difficult, and so uh, he wasn't. And then he worked it out. I think it's with his brother, his brother or something. They they got thing. things worked out and no problems now, and so he decided so, to so run. Sort of at a late point in time, yep. he decided to jump in. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. So. That's where we're at right now with that. There's a couple other ones that I'm going to keep my eye on. Uh, one being, um, is, it, is it De La Rosa? That's De La up there. Janet no- De La Rosa. Yeah. Yep, I'm, I'm, Northwest I'm Arkansas. I'm going to watch that up there. I don't expect her to lose, but I'd like to see what the turnout is for the person running against her. Do we know the, who the person is who's running against her? I can look that yeah, up. Yeah, some you know? gentleman up there. Okay. This is the Janet De La Rosa who sat in the courtroom and cried when John Woods was found guilty so i read yeah I, that i don't know yes there i read a, that in a state all i paper. know <laughs> the only i know is that there's so many people that were called into that trial <laughs> there are probably a lot of people that were crying before it was all there might be done. more people crying yeah. before it's done she <laughs> defended, yeah she defended him rather staunchly and was rep- it was reported that she cried in the courtroom the day he was found guilty well i wonder if if it was cr- tears of i can't believe i got taken by the shyster i mean it needs to be honest well, that's well. not the way the article was portraying it but okay you know all right so, it didn't really say anyway that was that uh that race up there i'm going to be interested uh in of course, uh, Linda Collins Smith in this in the Sturch yeah. uh, election. That's what nineteen District nineteen, I think it is. I don't even know. It's probably I'm pretty thinking, this I think that's right nineteen, if I'm not mistaken. We can only look uh, stuff up so fast here. It will. <laughs> we, we would think that it'd be on the flyer. <laughs> yeah, and it's not. Um, How interesting! Wow, it's not. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's you know she's uh, that's the Independence Isert Sharp. Fulton and Randolph counties, Batesville, uh, Cherokee Village, I guess probably the two biggest hmm. metropolitan areas, if you want to call them <laughs> that, in, in, in that area. District 19. 19, and right. And then what was it, Peck and, is it Douglas? Yep. We've had Mr. Douglas on here, great guy, and uh, Peck has just run, a, a, I think, a completely disingenuous that's a big, big word for lying uh, <laughs> campaign, saying that you know Douglas was Douglas. responsible for people dying and all yeah. kinds of stuff. It was just incredible. I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really, really weary <laughs> of this idea that you know you did something and now people are going to die, <laughs> and you know I don't like the way you voted, so you're a liar yeah. and you're a horrible person. I'm really tired of that. I want the only time I'll call somebody a liar is if they're lying. 
<laughs> I'm not going to call them a liar if they if they voted a certain way, but if they voted a certain way and then they say they didn't vote a certain so, way, I'm going to say, well, you must your memory is is suspect. But but here's my point: <laughs> if I'm running against you, Dave, yep, and I think you lied about something, okay, point that out. But how does that make me a better candidate? No, no, that you know, is, you that's know, my point. I have to say, I should run on what I can do, not that, what you did that wrong. That is really hyperbole because it would yeah. n- that would never happen. You would never run against me, and I would never <laughs> lie. Well, now, come on. <laughs> but you see the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> Just but, say but, it. No, and, and unfortunately, <laughs> don't no, look at me that no, way. Right. And, hey, politicians <laughs> don't lie. They just they bend the truth a they little bit. The they yeah, just bend like Sturch on his flyers that he does. Yeah, you don't hear the person that made that tweet you know it's it, us it, call it, people a weasel very it, often improve you know, i've never heard him use any kind of, i've that's, never heard him that's, that's strong, strong that's language strong from alan clark <laughs> that is yeah that is strong he language calls you a him. weasel oh my god you really got on his last nerve he knows what a weasel is doesn't he <laughs> yes. weasel all right we got to get a break in here it's the dave elswick show the power panels in. i'm i'm so amiss at not telling you that elizabeth is here and then, and and she now I, I feel like I have to do this. She is the female here. She's not a, a female identifying as a male, and her name is really R D. No, R D is R D, and, and Paul is Paul, and our whole crew is here. We'll take a break. It's the Dave Ellswick show. All right, we are back here on the Dave Ellswick show. Twenty one after the hour. Uh, if you missed uh, the announcement, the governor's going to stop by sometime during the 4 o'clock hour. We have a few minutes to, to talk to him. Uh, I hope that you have gone and voted, R.D. <coughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've been out You've been out politicking for uh, Linda Collins-Smith. And personally, I will say, if you, never, if you don't get a chance to talk to Linda here in the near future, thank you for doing that for her. I mean, seriously, that's, that's big things. I know a lot of people have uh, gone out and and you know burned shoe leather for her in her races uh what was it four years ago when she ran for senate so she's a, she's a good person she's a good ca- good candidate i got my fingers crossed and i can tell you who i voted for on supreme court because whoever you vote for today uh whether it's uh was it goodson or hickson or sterling Whoever wins tonight is a Supreme Court justice. This is not like the rest of the primaries where you wait and then you get to vote yeah, again. The, these judicial races, they're they're done. Now, that's only is that only if somebody gets a little 50%. over fifty? I think you're right. I think I think it is that you have to actually get the fifty percent. Otherwise, there's going to be a runoff. I think. Okay. Yeah, that's how it was with David Sterling. Governor Security around. detail is here checking everything out. Mm. Better keep, keep, your ah. keep your head down. Keep your head down, Artie. You don't have that. Turn around. I want to make sure your your, your shirt's not bulging. In the <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's not happening. It's a joke. Although I think everybody sitting at the table right now does have our concealed carry license. Yes, we do. Okay. So anyway, bottom line. But we know that Salem says no. No. That means we're safe. Yeah, we are safe. You're safe with us. I'll tell you that much. But yeah, that's. Uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how how this all works out. So, here's the question I want to, to pose to you guys. And Elizabeth stepped out. The Sturcher, like her brother or something, she just stepped out when I was going to ask the important question. 
I don't know. Who's <laughs> dirt? Yeah. Is she, I, is, I, she, I, is, she, is she somehow no. is a joke? It's a joke. He stepped Everybody out when we needed his vote. Remember that? <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Over my head. I'm on here. Here's what I'm saying. If the if the governor wins tonight, and I'm using if because the ballots haven't been counted yet. If the governor wins, and let's say he wins 80-20. Uh, he takes 80%. Jan Morgan takes 20%. And I'm not, I'm not saying that because I know something because I don't. Uh, bottom line is, how does he co- convey to that 20% uh, that did not vote for him? Because I don't even know if he did this with Curtis Coleman four years ago when they were running against each other to see who would be the standard bearer at that point. Uh, how does he tell that 20% they need to come home and know that he is going to re- represent them as conservatives as well. What do you? Well, let's start off with you, Paul. Well, I, I, I don't know. I think he can. He, he can try. I think one thing would be to actually advocate for some policies that are a little more conservative than what he has so far. I mean, so so far during the when he was elected the first time, he advocated for hiking minimum wage. I mean, that's not conservative. That's actually left wing. And so, so to, to me, he's never really advocated for conservative policy very much he's been pretty middle of the road moderate and i don't think much has changed i think if if he wants to to kind of garner some support some more heavy support from some of the jan morgan followers he he needs to actually get out there and and indicate that he's actually going to do something that's more consistent with what we think of Mm -hmm. as as republican policy okay so let me uh turn it over to to you rd what do you think the governor should do because you, well, you, you got to try to heal the rift somehow well i think the first thing the governor could do is stay out of the primaries i mean whenever the governor weighs in on the primaries in people's districts for their conservative representatives that they love and that they like that i think the governor gets egg on his face when you weigh in on Linda Collins Smith primary and you send out a flyer that talking about how great Sturch is and you get the Speaker of the House to, to, to weigh in on it. So I think the first thing the governor needs to do is get out of the primaries and quit picking sides in primaries. I think that, that makes him look bad. And he could come around and say, listen, you know what? We've decided that that we're not going to weigh in in the primaries and, and that's been a policy in the past, but we're going to let the people in their own districts uh, stand on their own policies and we're not going to use our power to try to yeah. sway the voters one way or another. I don't know if that's going to work very well after the fact, because after the primary is over, after he's been... There's going to be a lot more primaries. There'll be more in the future, but I think if he get out of the primaries and and, uh, stand up, stand up to special interests and colleges and and, uh, ADEQ and all these government agencies, I mean, every time an issue comes up, it seems like that... uh, that the governors with the government agencies, whether it be the state police on on uh, on gun control and our on our gun rights and on gun bills, or whether it's I, I want I want or where to. it's the the ADEQ wanting more fees for for tires yeah. or whatever. So uh, 
listen to the people and and and, and go with the people and stay out of the primaries. Yeah, yeah. You know, as, as, to your point about the state police and their advocacy against gun rights. Yes, he he could actually take a stand there and say, you know, that's not going to happen anymore under my administration. We exactly. are we, there's not going to be another state police. Um, representative down there fighting fighting gun gun rights like they've been doing i, I believe that would, if he would say that do you think that, that'd that would, get him some credibility I think that might help but right because right now that's one of the things i'm ticked off with the governor about why did he allow the state police to campaign against gun rights during the last legislative session they were one of the most powerful lobbying groups down there from what i could tell if you want to call it lobbying they were they were basically campaigning against our right to keep and bear arms on official time from what i can tell yeah and and you know the uh Arkansas Department of Education does the same thing when it comes to the testing that the state uses. The ADEQ does the same thing. So when you have state agencies that are wanting more regulations and more taxes and they're lobbying against businesses and voters, uh, I think that voters ought to carry more weight than state agencies. All right. We got to take a break and we'll keep this question open. When we come back, we'll get Elizabeth's take of it. Safari Pets at 808 West Main in Cabot, 501-628-0067. Their phone number, safari-pet.com, is their website. Uh, they have had a soft opening now of their Safari Pets in Conway. And I'll try to get uh, John and Sarah on next week to talk a little bit about that. Maybe get Jason in here as well, explain exactly where it's at talk about how many square feet they got, what kind of uh, selection of supplies they have, and all the rest. As far as the location in Cabot, it is the largest independent pet store in Arkansas. They have everything that you'll need for taking care of your pet or pets, whether you're traditional, um, you know, dog, cat, or whether you're uh, exotic, saltwater fish, special birds, rats, mice, ferrets, all the rest. That's Safari Pets in Cabot. Elizabeth is back. She was uh, taking care of business. At least that's what she said. I was indisposed in the business office. Okay. She is with us now. So here's what we've been talking about uh, with Paul, between Paul, R.D., and myself. And, and you knew I was going to ask this question because I kind of gave everybody a heads up. Let's say that the governor wins today. Let's say he, you know, Jan Morgan musters up 30 or 20 percent of the vote. What does the governor say or does he say anything to her followers after he wins the primary? And if you want to say something about what what should Jan Morgan say if she pulls off the biggest upset in uh, Arkansas history, uh, I'm open to hear from you guys about that in a moment. But I'll give elizabeth the chance to say it to uh, say what she's thinking i think it would be really great to see some leadership that tries to um i don't know how to say it really because i'm not sure if the rift can be healed but i think again my, my whole thing today that that's on my mind is standing in the corner pointing at the other side saying you know you're awful you're awful you're <laughs> awful we're not going to get anywhere as a as a group as a conservative side of politics here by doing that mm-hmm. and so i would like to see some attempts at recognizing some of the differences and perhaps even taking action on some of those differences okay and to be fair asa has not been doing that I haven't seen a lot of it. Yeah, he, but he, on the other side, I haven't seen um, a lot of conciliatory moves either. 
From either side. But, right. Okay. But it's become quite contentious. Quite contentious. Artie, what should Jan say? Hey, the, sp- the people have spoken. Uh, the people have spoken. They're ready for change. And uh, we're going to do what the people ask us to do, and we're gonna we're gonna keep our promises. It'd be much like Donald Trump coming in saying the people voted for someone that's not a career politician, someone that uh, doesn't uh, pay any attention to special interests. So we're going to keep it grassroots. We're going to listen to the people. And we're going to follow the path that they want us to take. And uh, and ask and say, you know, I'm not working. I'm not here to work against anybody. I'm here to work for us to work together to shrink government and to cut red tape and to uh, and uh, cut the co- cut the cost of government in the state of Arkansas. All right, Paul. I think if Jan Morgan was to win, I think her her best approach is to start making her case, make make her case for why smaller government is better, why liberty is better than socialism. Make the case and make it hard and make it and drive it home. The, the The problem, I think, with a lot of conservatives is they don't actually preach what they believe if they believe it. But a lot of times they, they don't they don't get out there and preach the philosophy of liberty. And so when they get challenged on it, a lot of times they capitulate. Oh, we'll just go ahead and grow government a little bit more because it's well, this is a, this is a compassionate form of socialism. And I think that's many cases because perhaps those individuals are not grounded in those. Principles. I think that's true. I think. It's, I, think it's, I mean, they don't think that way, think so it, really, it comes I, out. I think right? it really is true that they're, they they run they they run for office. They're 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 big time conservatives in quotes, and they don't really know what they believe. When it's it comes th- down to, to, to real principled issues, when you got to ch- choose between liberty or a new social program. It's one thing, I think, to say you're conservative when you're looking at a continuum. I can be more conservative than you, okay? I suppose. That doesn't make me a conservative. But when you're It means my- I'm more conservative than this marker you arbitrarily right. put out there. Right. I mean, so, uh, you know, France if you're not grounded. France is probably more conservative than, than Nazi Germany back then. It's like, I mean, what, what, is it, what, are we, what are we comparing ourselves to? It's well, that's, that's part of what I'm saying. Right. Think to, about what's being compared to right. and who's making the comparisons. Right. The term conservative is not really <laughs> – a term that means anything in particular it is a it is a relative term it's relation it's in relation to something else and you know a lot of the people that run like cooper that run up in north arkansas and run on the platform of being against medicaid expansion and once he got down to the capitol and he got in the lines then all of a sudden he <laughs> voted for medicaid expansion and so now, and exactly him, what he ran against if i were running against him i could say sir you lied to the people and that's that's part of it. If you run on something, I, I don't care what it is, but if you ran on it and you got elected, you are obligated. Mm-hmm. And yes, if you don't could. do that, I don't see how voters could have confidence in you. And you know, period. it's easy to be a Christian in church. Just be straightforward. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be. Well, you're in church. It's real easy to be a Christian. But when you get out in the <laughs> on world. On Sunday morning. Yeah, that's exactly uh, right. I, but when you get out in the real world. But, but you, you, know, you know how many churches blow up and how, how mean and nasty people get, even in church. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, bo- uh, bottom line, what would I say? Okay. What do I think they should say? I think both of them should say basically the same things. It will take all of us yes. to make sure that the governor's office stays in Republican hands. We all have uh, one enemy. And I know people don't like to hear the word enemy <laughs> used, 
I view the Democratic Party as an enemy of freedom, and I see them as an enemy of innocent life, and I see them as an enemy of people coming to this country legally. There's a lot of things that I see them as an enemy for and why we must keep Democrats out of office. And that goes all the way down to dog catcher completely well, out of office. All you need to know is that Nancy Pelosi, you know, would rather have MS-13 here in our country than protect the rights of Americans, have, because citizens. They have the divine spark. Well, yeah, I guess so. That's what she said. They have a divine Because they're potential spark. Democrat voters. She, she, no, she, she believes in she, divine. I, I believe, yeah. Good point, She believes Paul. in a divine spark in MS-13, but evidently she does not believe in a divine spark in an unborn baby. Child. Wow. That's sad. You better believe you it's sad. Does she know what divine means? So well, that's what I'm saying at... After this is over with, yes, we all worked hard with, for our particular candidates. That's except what for me, primaries Because are. I can't show you who <laughs> is the primary but candidate I like. But that's what primaries are. You vote your heart that's and your exactly favorite candidate right. in a primary, but then the party picks a candidate. And then you get them elected. And then it's either that candidate, your party, or it's the other guy. I stand, and I stand firmly here and say once again, the worst Republican is better than the best Democrat. And I will not back off of that statement. You know, I've had my doubts a time or two, and I have had other comments to make in the past, but I've said this recently, and I'm saying it again, I've changed my mind. The reason is I will never knowingly vote for a Democrat. I cannot do it. I know that I have some sort of a chance, some kind of a chance to try to either lobby with a Republican or get in the door or work from the inside or try to change it. But with the other side, I don't have a chance at all. You can take a guess, guess which, which uh, you can ask which uh, ballot I bet I voted on. <laughs> but, but, but would you not agree <laughs> that we, we brought up church while ago that it would be better unity for the Republican Party, much like a church, if they would stay out of the primaries? Well, I don't disagree that with that. That would promote unity. What have, like I, what have I said the whole time this is going on? What is the one thing I've said to the governor on this show time and time again? Stay out of the primaries. And I've been very, very clear about that. He has decided not to take my advice which is his prerogative, believe me. But the bottom line is, I, I stay out of him. I think that it would be a good idea for him to stay out of it. I personally think it would be good if all the other candidates would stay out of every other's races, just as Elizabeth feels the same way. What matters that Bob Ballinger thinks you should support this person or that person, you know, or that you know, uh, Alan Clark or this person or that person. Push issues. Right, and Bob Push Ballinger's issues. a great example. I... I, I I really like Bob, but, you know, uh, uh, one or two of the candidates he's supported, I don't appreciate him much at all. So, I, but, but Bob, I consider one of the top five legislators in the state capitol. Watch it. People are going to say, I don't like that guy anymore, Paul <laughs> Calvert. Well, maybe so. <laughs> but the thing is, but, but I agree with a lot of people that he's supporting one or two people that, man, why does he support those people? 
I mean, what's what's the deal? Well, your your challenge as a voter to either you know ask him in person or ask him on social and get an answer and then take that answer and make a decision. Right, and and I don't know why for sure he he supports, in this case, Asa Hutchinson, um, but he does. Maybe it's for tactical reasons. Who knows? But and I can understand the tactical reasons. I, I would prefer that he wasn't so vocally in, in favor of him, but that's his prerogative. Yeah. I mean, I'm all I'm all about that. So you guys are reminding me of that old argument about if I am elected to office, do I answer to the constituents who elected me? Do I answer to all the constituents in my area? How does that go? Well, it comes down to this. Uh, when we're talking the primary, I think you're more uh, you got to answer to the people who voted for you in a primary, and that's what I was now in the general point election. Out, there's a difference between the primary and the general. I yep. would, you, I think you have to say, I, I of course represent the entire state of Arkansas, and I hope that you will join with me in my vision for this state. I heard someone recently speak to this, and one of the things they said is. I don't want to hear from any candidate that they're going to answer to their constituents on any level. I want to hear from a candidate that they're going to adhere to their oath of office. And I went, oh. Yeah, stand up for the Constitution. I like that. I I want them to do what's You can't get into that argument with anybody if you say, I'm standing for the Constitution. You're either with me or you're not. I I want them to do what's right. And that would be the Constitution. Regardless of, of who voted for them. Or, or even what promises they made. If they made a promise that was bad, and then they discover that this was wrong, they better do what's right. Well, and if you're if you're going to stick better. with the Constitution and you make a choice, and it appears that you did or didn't follow the Constitution, then you can argue that I'll say policy point, and it doesn't degenerate into a discussion about things that aren't really important. Okay, whether you did or didn't, you know, endorse this other person over here, Mm -hmm. which has nothing to do with your race Uh, and and your qualifications. It gets it all confused. Endorsements are hardly ever black and white. I will just tell everybody that I will vote for freedom as defined by the Constitution. And that's the point. And again, see, that I am always going to vote on the side of freedom. But that also As puts it back. By the Constitution. You are the one running, and you are saying what you will do. You're mm-hmm. not talking bad about the other guy nope. trying to get elected. See, no, they'd be talking bad about me. <laughs> and, and I'm so, just, and I'm so just, you can't you can't win on talking bad about the other guy. That's the point. I don't know. People people oh. tend to listen to negative ads. So, so many of these, it, it some of these people somewhere. running that once you read their flyer, you, you, you're not sure where they stand. You know, they're for good education. There, I mean, it's also general. Yeah, all the, all the cool it, it's words also that you general, see. you know, conservative education, you know, family values, family values, traditional values. Go look up the voting records but and make your choices. You, you can't say I'll always vote for more freedom and less government. I'm, I'm against, uh, I'm against growing the budget. I'm against the state being in the health care business. I believe that the state has no business in the health care business. I mean, you could run on a platform that people could feel confident how you're going to vote in any particular situation. Then vote the platform that you ran on. Said you do vote the plan. Now, if that's not making a specific, that's not making a specific guarantee. Like, 
like uh, supporting Medi- Medicaid expansion. Hey, you said that you're against the state being in the insurance business. Uh, that pretty well tells you that you're against Medicaid expansion. So, uh, you're Maybe, against the, growing government. The, 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 so. state's, the state's been in, in the insurance business for a long time, unfortunately. But, but give me a platform that I can right. sink my teeth into, then live by it. Right. I mean, it's simple. I think, I think a large part of why the uh, conservative side, let's call it the Republican Party, is in a mess right now is because we have had so many people run and get elected and then do something different. Well, there's, there's and th- if you want to fix that problem out there, folks, if you're a candidate, do what you say you'll do Look, we've got and a, take your licks. We have a party of, for socialism. That's the Democrats. They, they like big government. They like leftist business. They, they like socialism. The government will do everything for you. The, the government's the I, I would like to have a party, and I thought it was the Republican Party, that would actually stand for liberty and justice and teeny tiny government when the case calls for it because we don't need a nanny state. We we don't need it. I, I'm pretty confident that, that we can live as free people without the government telling us how to build toilets, for crying out loud. Or taking care of our tires for us or anything like that, huh? All right. See you break. <laughs> We've got uh, 10 minutes till 4. If you hadn't heard, the governor may stop by. Well, he is going to stop by during some time during the 4 o'clock hour. We'll talk to him for a few minutes, whatever time he's got to spare. If you're thinking about claiming your Social Security benefits, you want to stop. Uh, you could be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake that could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. This decision could trigger an avalanche of taxes, double your Medicare premiums, You could avoid that by attending an educational maximizing Social Security class on Friday, July the 13th. It's hosted by David Lucas from the David Lucas Show right here on 101.1 The Answer. Uh, The workshop makes claiming your benefits simple and easy. Registration is 18 bucks, includes a 34-page workbook called Maximizing Your Social Security Benefits. Seating is going to be very limited. So if you've saved $100,000 for retirement, call 501-653-6690. That's 6690. Don't leave tens of thousands of dollars in Social Security benefits on the table. It's 501-653-6690 or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. All right. We're back for the last few moments here at the 3 o'clock hour. Governor is coming by in the next hour. We'll talk with him. I want to talk to him about, you know, what's the China look like in the White House? They have not talked about that. Hmm. You know, it depends it, on which it, set they're using. I'm just Dave. saying. It, it, but every yeah. first lady and president picks out what the China is supposed to look like, and our, our how are they redoing the White House? I haven't heard anything about. There's none of that stuff coming out of the White hey. House. I feel deprived. Maybe it's because he, he it maybe because he went down when he moved into the White House. Yeah, yeah. Could I be. ask him a good question. I'm ask him if the China's made in China. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> that'd be a good. Did one. you know that Trump pays for all the food that's going that, that's being well, you know, runs through the White House? Well, yep, gets yeah. back all of his salary. Pays for all the food. Well, not taking <coughs> as much, you know, for good. the people. It's because he. He believes in taking advantage of the American people. Yeah, he's anyway. doing it just for himself. <laughs> he's paying for his own golf too. Anyway, well, he don't what pay? 
he shows up the golf course that he owns all right but anyway yeah we'll we'll talk to him about is he, is he flying his own jet too i gotta i gotta find it in the story it seems to me it was in here hold on where is it it's, the story is right here and it said something about what they ate last night i just thought just that can't was, let that oh go. i love this stuff that they've got to mention it is it where is it what were you saying rosemary encrusted here it is by the time the dignitaries had finished their rosemary crusted crack of lamb and white peach baked cherry cobbler news of the endorsement had spread across the country and around the globe what a story that is that's a whole that was a whole whole paragraph does anybody care about the politics in arkansas around the world isn't it but think about how crazy that is Oh, is that a picture of him? No, no, that's oh. that's a picture of me eating at the Trump Towers in Wash at the Trump Plaza in Washington. Ooh. I had a bacon. In, Did the in president Rosemary. invite you? No, no, the president. <laughs> yeah, the president of the International Auto Recyclers Association. So you know, here's the key: is that I just wonder because you know, it, don't you remember? I mean, when Jackie was there. When uh, you know uh, Obama's wife Michelle was, didn't they all? Didn't they show pictures of the China that they had picked out and all? Absolutely, that? that's like the normal thing. I have they done that, Elizabeth? Have no. I missed that? No, they have don't I, do I, it. I'm just saying. We have had, I missed this. We somewhere? have the coolest first lady that we've had in since decades. Jackie. Since and Jackie. they don't even talk about what she's wearing. I'm just I telling mean, you. Know, oh wow, yeah, they don't want to because. Just like Jackie, she sets the standard for style for the First Lady, man. She is. I mean, wow. She is is amazing. That white outfit she wore when the French were here, she put them to shame. I love putting the frogs to shame. She's standing there in that white outfit with that white hat. She looked great. I mean, did frogs even know about white? I don't know. I'm just saying. That hat. <laughs> it was great. It was, it was breathtaking. It was saying, wonderful. It was great. They have brought... You didn't know I could talk about this stuff, <laughs> Russ. You didn't have any idea I could talk Ain't about it. easy being green. He never, <laughs> talk, he never talks about what we wear, does he, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Russ glad we today. got cameras because that joke is not going to fly now. <laughs> yeah. So, Russ, here, hand me that bag. Let's look at... This is, you know, you go, to, you go with Paul... You get something to eat. This is the stuff Show the that he wants you to. He wants you to eat. He wants you to eat chocolate. Uh, what are you, rice, this, rice cakes. Is it, rice cakes. Now wait, rice is cakes. it a rice cake or is it styrofoam? Well, do you it tastes really, like styrofoam. Do you know when you put enough chocolate on it? Okay, it tastes like anything you want it to just, be. For the record, this is a little out of character for me to eat rice cakes, but they made, were actually pretty good. Made with corn and whole grain brown rice, a snack you can feel good about. Oh, you feel good. Feel good. <laughs> I feel good about hey, it. They, they were on. Good? They were on sale. <laughs> It was on sale. So not intended <laughs> to feel good about. <laughs> All right. A break. We'll be back. we got another hour coming up. Don't forget Bible Guys at 5, Bible Guys at uh, SalemLR.com if you got a question you want to send it to me. All right. We move into the 4 o'clock hour. RD is still here. Paul's still here. Elizabeth has something that she needed to do here. And then the governor has come in jr davis is here his spokesman as well and uh, we thank you for the time today governor i know it's not like 
you don't have a lot of people wanting your time right now. Not a, not a busy day at all. It, it, well, it's a little bit busy. I got back in uh, from uh, Washington, D.C. after meeting with the president last night. I made some calls around the state about our get-out-the-vote efforts and then went into the office at the Capitol and did some work. Uh, you know, we got the uh, work of government continues on, and now I'm looking forward to uh, wrapping this up this evening for – uh, you know, our watch, watch night uh, celebration that we're going to have and uh, looking forward to wrapping up this primary. So where is everybody gathering tonight? At the uh, Presidential Holiday Inn. Uh, that's where our watch night celebration is going to be. Uh, and so we invite people out, but uh, uh, it should be good tonight. We're going to start by 630. All right. Well, I think we're going to know the, the ending of this race fairly, fairly quickly. Do you feel like it would be... You know, half hour, an hour? You know, it's interesting. You go back to uh, uh, whenever I was running against Mike Ross, uh, the call came in that I'd won at 7.32. Wow. Two minutes. Well, and the reason is that they have the uh, projections out there. Oh, And and the early voting voting, uh, uh, polling done, so all the networks called it immediately. And uh, and that's not going to happen today. So... We're more de- we're dependent upon each of the counties and getting their votes in. So I actually expect it to be a slow rolling night, uh, just in terms of getting those votes and accumulation because you don't have those exit polls. Okay, so I know during the general election, I've been over with the Republicans and I've seen the war room and set up in the back and everybody's watching is the same thing going on where you'll be at tonight that's right we have uh, our war room there in which uh, robert morey and uh, my campaign team will be uh, talking with people across the state trying to get as much information as we can as to the returns uh, we'll have uh, you know a private area for me and then we'll have a great public venue there uh, that uh, we should expect to have a number of the elected officials there but uh, you know, it's it's it's. I, I've been through this before. <laughs> have you really? <laughs> I have. Indeed. I didn't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but they're all different. And uh, uh, you know, I've, I've got my family coming down. I've got uh, my grandson Ace of the Fourth that will be down here who voted for the first time. Oh, uh, cool! And so he's going to get to have the experience. So it's it's you know it's family. It's the result of all the work, but also the volunteers that will be there that have uh, put so much uh, equity into the campaign and really believe in what we're doing. Okay, so is it where your place to sit at, where your family comes to, to kind of kick back and relax and let the night kind of unfold for you? I mean, do you run that kind of like a rock and roll band? I mean, do you like have (laughs) M&Ms with all the brown ones removed and things of that nature? No, no. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's whatever Susan needs at the moment. Okay, I gotcha. I understand that. All right, so let's talk about the president. What's it like to sit with Donald Trump, president of the United States, and, and, and just have a one-on-one with him, kind of? Well, it's, it's, it's terrific. And first of all, he was in a very jovial mood. We were in the uh, blue room at the uh, White House, which I've never I've been in before, but uh, it's the first time I've dined there. Oh, okay. And so uh, we had uh, just me and four other governors that were there with Secretary Nielsen and the president, uh, Secretary of Energy, uh, uh, Rick Perry was there as well. And he was in a good mood. He had worked hard all day. The energy of Donald Trump is amazing. 
Uh, we talked politics. Uh, we, he wanted to hear what was happening in every state politically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked substantively on border security. Uh, but we also talked about trade, and, and I really came away from the meetings feeling very, very good for our farmers and for uh, those in Arkansas that depend upon global trade. I, I am very excited about the opportunities there, and President Trump seems to uh, have a good path forward. He's a good negotiator, and I think he's put the United States in a good position. He's going to have a good end game for us. So it was great to be with him there. And then uh, he gave us a little bit of a private tour afterwards, so uh, that was uh, special as well. Yeah, I was looking. I always love reading the articles about y'all's trips to to be with the president. And it says, uh, by the time the dignitaries had finished their rosemary-crusted rack of (laughs) lamb and your white peach-baked cherry cobbler, news of his endorsement to you had spread across the country and around the globe so uh rate rate the food for me was it that good that they had to report about it in the paper you know i was i was so as frank lockwood for you uh, he like he said tell me what the food is yeah. and, and i probably couldn't have told him except i had the printing card in front of me good. that uh, described uh, what the uh, meal was but no it was it was the, the food was fa- fa- fantastic but uh, the food was overshadowed by the president's tweet. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, so, I bet. Let, let me tell you how that came about. Uh, you know, I'm in there, and I'm hearing him talk to uh, Governor Ducey, and Ducey's got a primary coming up a little bit later. And I said, well, Mr. President, I have a primary tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And he says, you do? And, and he said, well, I've got to endorse you. Uh, you know, I want you to get reelected. And, uh, and he immediately got one of his staff over there, and he dictated personally – what he wanted to say in the tweet, they went out, put it in form, came back in, he approved it. And so we're all sitting around with the the dinner there, and he gets the final draft of the tweet, and he reads it to everybody. Oh, and, that's and cool. And so it's sort of like everybody uh, said, oh, that sounds great. And then he – then it goes and he approves it and it's sent out. But uh, what a what a neat deal for uh, him to recognize what we've done in Arkansas in terms of lowering taxes and what we've done in education, job creation. I think he sees what we're doing is consistent with what he wants, which is more flexibility of the states uh, in governing. Uh, that's that was a big topic of the conversation, whether it's health care and the waivers he's given to us for a work requirement. Uh, all of that, uh, he likes what we're doing, and uh, I think he sees – obviously, he likes the support he has in Arkansas, too. With uh, uh, He did happen to be interested in his approval ratings, and I told him they were uh, Sky above, high. above 90 percent among Republican primary voters. So he liked that message. Yeah, well, he should, and we like what he's doing. I mean, I really – I don't think most people thought – that Donald Trump was going to be as hands-on and as good as he has been. He's been exceptional. He has been extraordinary uh, in his accomplishments and in the unorthodox way in which he's accomplished some of it. But he is hands-on. You know, he's he's hands-on in a, in a, to me in a way that, that Reagan uh, set the vision uh, he, uh, Donald Trump is a, is more engaged in terms of the direction of it, but mm-hmm. and he does get frustrated. I mean, I had the Secretary of Homeland Security there, and he's frustrated because of all the obstacles that we run across from a bureaucratic standpoint in enhancing uh, some of the security measures on the border, and he's frustrated with that. But he's engaged. He tries to uh, grasp it, and he says – 
and he thinks out of the box as to how we can solve these problems. That's what I like about him. How's it feel being the first governor who's not a border state? Although, let me say that I say every state's a border state when it comes to illegal immigration. But you're the first governor from a non-border state, Texas or or New Mexico or whatever, that uh, sent things uh, to the president to be used by our National Guard. Uh, it, it was really important for Arkansas and for my leadership to show support for the president. Our National Guard is very experienced in border security efforts, which is supplementing the work of the Border Patrol there, technical expertise. I talked to General Barry. He said, we're ready to go. And uh, Secretary Nielsen actually told me that I was the first governor of any governor to call the White House and say, we're ready to go and support this effort. Very good. And uh, that's. I thought it was important to encourage the president and uh, uh, our men and women with the uh, aircraft is currently in La Cruces, uh, New Mexico. That's our assignment there. Uh, you know, if there's additional assignments, uh, we're ready to uh, take that on as well. This is a limited engagement. Uh, I expect uh, this to be a... Uh, a surge operation because we had a surge in illegal crossings we needed to have a surge in response mm-hmm. and we supported that and by the way just a little bit of news for you i know uh, one of the things we talked about is that little rock air force base was on the list of uh, uh, installations that may be considered for unaccompanied minors Correct. being housed there it's my understanding that we've been advised the white house today that little rock air force base is off that list and so I assume from that that they have sufficient installations without that necessity. So uh, I think that issue probably is uh, gone for now. Oh, that's good news. We appreciate you sharing that with us. Uh, it's, you know, obviously they're children. You want to make sure they're properly cared for. Uh, we'll do our responsibility. But uh, I'm glad that, uh, first of all, they probably look at military installations that are closer uh, to the border mm-hmm. that's more accessible uh, that's easier to work with from a logistics standpoint. So, so what actually happens with those children? Do they go into like a foster care system, or is there something different for Well, it uh, actually, uh, the agency that's in charge of unaccompanied minors is HHS. Okay. And so it's not Homeland Security, it's HHS. And so they're responsible for the housing, and they can be put out uh, for care. A lot depends upon whether... Uh, they have relatives mm-hmm. that are here. It depends upon uh, whether they're uh, requesting asylum and whether it's dangerous to go back to their home country. So there's a lot of different factors there. But the biggest challenge is that the number of unaccompanied minors has dramatically increased because the traffickers see that as a means to bring people in. And then you've got to separate those that have very legitimate needs to be in the country and a legitimate asylum claims versus those that are abusing the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, what I believe the administration is struggling with because you've got to make sure that there's not some gaping hole in our security system that they can take advantage of. Yeah, and are they going to try to generate a, a different kind of DACA prob- problem in the future? That's exactly the reason that uh, the president put out a solution for the DACA children, which I thought took political courage. He led the way, and all the Democrats had to do was to say yes, and they Mm -hmm. didn't say yes. Of course, he wanted some money for the border 
wall on that, and they balked at it. Sure. But there was a solution on the table that was the right thing to do. And uh, uh, we did have a discussion about that last night. Uh, uh, we'll see if that comes back. But, uh, you know, they've got to uh, they've got to negotiate in good faith on those issues. That is uh, Governor Hutchinson is here. Of course, he's up for uh, re-election. And he'll be watching the returns, as the rest of us will. We'll be back. We have a few more moments with him here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Governor, I want to ask you a really serious question. We were talking about this in the last hour. And uh, let's say after the election is all over that you beat uh, Jan Morgan 80% to 20%. What do you say to the other 20%? of Arkansans that voted for Jan Morgan. I mean, what do you reach out, out, out the conciliatory hand and say, come join us and let's, de- you know, and defeat the Democrats? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that primaries are fine, but you've got to unify and come together for the fall election to beat the Democrats. Uh, it's going to be a, uh, uh, a, a challenge. I mean, I feel we're a red state. I think we'll win in November if we get by the primary here. Uh, but it's still going to be a hard-fought contest, and it's going to be a philosophical difference. They've already said that they are opposed to my work requirement. They've already uh, said that they're opposed to my tax cut. And so the differences will be clear. And so, absolutely, we want uh, uh, the supporters of the, the, uh, my primary opponent to come together uh, I'll reach out to them. Uh, you know, I hope that they'll come to my town hall meetings. I hope that we, if they have any concerns, we can address those. Does it amaze you with the Democrat Party that we hear things that we never would have thought we'd heard except from a hardcore socialist party? I mean, things like guaranteed work, guaranteed pay, and all the rest of the thing. I mean, I think the Democrats have gone so left, they've left the stadium. <laughs> Well, and that's reflected, actually, in the early voting. The fact that uh, we have the traditional conservative Democrat that uh, really, in practicality, left the Democratic Party a long time ago, but they still consider themselves a Democrat, uh, they vote in the Republican primary just because the Democrats have gone so far left. Uh, and so that's the only option that they have. And so we have like 65 percent of the early voting is in the Republican primary, 35 percent in the uh, Democrat primary, which means the Democrat Party is shrinking to the far left, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. whereas our party is is growing because it it is the only option that is conservative, that's reasonable, reflects the values of Arkansas. I mean, I mean it really amazes me, for instance, uh, when you look at the National Party, you're seeing Cory Booker, you're seeing Camelia Harris, you're seeing these are hardcore leftists and off and off the, the rails in some cases. And, these they're, and they're running, they're running to carry the banner for their party. Absolutely, absolutely, and and it's not them. They they move toward. They have to compete with the Bernie Sanders winning <laughs> yeah. party. Yeah, and so if you're going to win a Democratic. Uh, nomination, whether it's state or national, you've got to appeal to that far left. And uh, that's not a good environment to get elected in a southern state particularly, and it doesn't have much appeal outside of California and New York. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I, I'll give you my predictions in November if you want to hear them. <laughs> I'll take them. We hold, we'll hold the Senate. We'll hold the House. 
And, in fact, we may pick up six seats in the Senate. Well, that is a very robust uh, prediction. uh, prediction, But I'll tell you that uh, that's some of the same comments I heard from the political folks at the White House. They're feeling much more upbeat. I think the uh, tax bill has a lot to do with that, Mm -hmm. the growing economy. And they're expecting good economic growth this year. And if you have good economic growth, more money in people's pockets, and they're feeling that, they're going to be able to beat uh, the uh, normal uh, beatdown that happens in a midterm election. Now, we could lose some seats, but if we hold the House and hold the Senate, uh, that is a huge, huge uh, victory and uh, a mandate for President Trump. It's a big, big win. I agree. Governor, I want to thank you for coming in. I know you're really, really busy Take the brown M&Ms out. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm, I'm give gonna, you a stomachache. I'm, I'm going to go for that and uh, just uh, everybody get out and vote. Thank All right. You. We appreciate you, Governor. Thank you very much, Governor Asa Hutchinson, and giving time to stop by and visit with us today. we got news coming your way here in just a few minutes. JR, I'll see you next Thursday, brother. And uh, we'll get things, uh, we'll talk about the election then. We'll be back with the uh, power panel for about a half hour when we get back from the news. That's all coming your way here in just a few moments. Tomorrow, I'll be out at Duck's Garage. He's, man, you got to come out for this. And it's out on Airline Drive in Benton. He's going to give away a grill tomorrow. Uh, they're giving away a duck. Not a picture of him, all right? A duck unlimited picture. <laughs> not, not a duck. He knows you I, I don't know, I know duck. <laughs> you don't want that. A, duck un, a duck's unlimited picture and other prizes. So uh, you want to come out for that. They're going to you know, do some, some barbecuing and things that, that way as well. So be looking forward to that uh, uh, tomorrow. We'll start it at 2, and uh, we'll keep it going until 6. And uh, I don't think that Duck said that he's going to stay open any later than 6 o'clock but you never know people may be showing up and he stays open later i don't know i doubt it anyway we'll be back with more after the news why is it never fails just before we're ready to come back on i take a bite of food (laughs) and now you can't stay away from the donuts you know i asked the governor about the m&ms do you think that he couldn't relate to that maybe he wants wings (laughs) <laughs> and the kind of wings he wants, maybe he wants like barbecue or something like that. He doesn't want, you know, like me. I just like mine, as I call them. I like naked wings. I don't want anything on them. I want them grilled if I can. And then give me the, you know, uh, some uh, ranch dressing on the side that I can dip them in. So you don't want the and bread, eat them. breaded ones. Yeah, I don't like the breaded ones. I don't like all the different flavors. You like them more simple yeah, salt, I just like I like the, I like the wings. I mean, that's the key. I like wings. Yeah, yeah I'm not a, I'm not a real big fan of. I guess it's the buffalo flavoring that they put on them. It's kind of a weird. Oh, that hot stuff. No, it's, I don't kind, like of, that it's stuff. kind of just a weird flavor to me. It's like there is a specific wing place I don't go to. I'm not going <laughs> to name them. All right, <laughs> that I don't go to because you get the wings and they pour that flavoring on top of them mm. and it's like they bathe them in in the flavoring and i don't want nothing to do with them and then you go in to eat them stop and you get them all over your finger and it's just all over I, your I face I thought he wasn't going to name his favorite wings place because of the scant dress of the waitresses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or something like oh, that. Oh, oh. yeah no i don't uh, 
my favorite place for wings is the tavern down on the promenade if anybody knows where that's at chanel yeah and uh in fact usa today a couple of years ago ranked them with the 10th best wings in the country your favorite yeah and they're good they they smoke them there and they're really really good and they're big Mm. they're big wings Mm. the smallest chicken wings i have ever had in my life was in Washington, D.C. And they pick them off of Canaries. No, uh, I'm telling you. There's, <laughs> it wasn't in D.C., dude. It was in National Harbor. Yeah, Just National Harbor. Sure. Across the river. They have, that has, National Harbor must be close to a nuclear reactor because it's leaking you know, radioactivity, and all of the chickens are about the size of Cornish hens. Sparrows, mm. dude. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> they come out and they're, they're the about people, the size look, of their pinky. Look, they were that big. Yeah. I got the pictures to prove it. They were that big. There was there was there was more meat on a hummingbird than was on those. <laughs> That's on a pretty those small wings. chicken. It was a small <laughs> chicken. I'm just telling you. You needed about 25 to fill up. No, no. How Definitely many was not this? a Tyson bird. There was like six wings in there. There was like three drumsticks and three. Flats and I love the flats. I don't like the drumsticks. Mm. Everyone goes, but there's more, you know, chicken on the drumstick. Well, yeah, but it's so dry and chewy, man. Give me the flats. I love the flats. Oh, you mean the the, the drumstick part of the wing? Yeah, that's what I mean. okay. Yeah, I grab. I can take the flats, wings and drumsticks. Stick them, stick them in my mouth, and just strip all the meat off. Of then it leaves the two bones. And then leave this the two was bones before on, yeah. he got the dentures. Yeah. Before he got rid of the full. <laughs> yeah, before I got the false teeth. I want to see. I hope by then I should know how to chew again, Russ. Yeah. It'll be interesting. You'll uh, you'll you'll latch onto that flat and <laughs> pull, pull your whole I'll pull it out. Can, uh, can we get a video of that? Watch the waitress go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. We was talking about taxes. That's what I feel like when I get my tax bill at the end of the year. I feel like I've been stripped like those wings you get those, you're you get those things. <laughs> I saw a picture of Hillary Clinton today that I bet it, let me see if I can find it on my phone here. I'll show it to you. I bet you you look like this when you see <laughs> now you gotta show this picture I'll, I'll put it up on the camera so you can see it at home okay i promise it was sent to me by a listener and uh let me find it real quick here gotta go gotta go through all of these things here okay Russ, riveting radio yeah don't you love doing radio with me okay so it's, it's gonna be on the 22nd dave come on it's today Okay, who did it come from? It came from Ray Hanley. And here's the picture, guys. That that that's a that, oh, that's, a, that's a picture. That. That, that's a picture that. of R D when he when, when he when he sees his taxes. There's no <laughs> doubt. There was a there was Who's a year that like crumbs? that. Except, that's a really great Photoshop. Yeah, it's, it's really just, well done. Except maybe not quite that happy looking. Hey, the, about three years ago, I had a year like that, and I did. I, I hate to say I look like Hillary Clinton, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I did look like that when I got them. Yeah, I, I've had. When I got fired at another competing radio station, uh, I I had to dip into my 401k to live, basically. And since that money goes into the 401k without any taxes being taken out of it, 
Folks, when you take it out, they take out all the taxes. They strip you like those wings. And I hadn't hit the magic age where you don't have to pay another 10% on top of that. And I got nailed. And when I had to pay my taxes at the end of the year, it It hurts. Almost at that time, I can say that was that's before I had my quintuple bypass, but it was close. <laughs> yeah, there's two times it a year. Was close. It's the big one. Yeah. There's two times a year whenever my uh, insurance increase mm. comes in and when the tax bill comes in that uh, I have to go for a walk. Yeah, know, some, and, and, some of uh, us have to write a check for it. Take an extra yeah. blood pressure pill and, you know, stay away from people for a few days. I, I, I hide my guns. I tell the rest of the family, hide my guns. I remember when we got a $14,000 tax bill when we owned the business. It was uh, oh. it took me a day and a half to just get my breath. Well, I'll tell you what I, I couldn't even sleep. I couldn't see straight for I'll tell a day you what and a I half. did one year. One year I bought 10% more inventory. I hired 10% more employees. I worked 70 hours a week. Yep. I worked all year. You know, you sales, sales were up 15 to 20%. And at the end of the year, they sent me a, a tax bill, said For I owed an extra $150,000. I had all the money spent in salaries, had it all spent in inventory, invested in equipment. And so for all of that hard work that year and putting in, you know, 60 and 70 hours a week and working seven days a week. You got to get a loan to pay your taxes. I had to go buy two pieces of equipment because I didn't have the $150,000. It took me three years. I'm just now paying off the equipment Mm -hmm. for being stupid enough to try to grow my business and hire more employees and and get penalized for Mm -hmm. it. So uh, that's what I look like. Yeah, that's, that's what I look like. See, I almost put, there it is. There's there it is. Yeah, there I it almost is. put the keys yeah. to the front door in an envelope and just sent them to the government and said, "Hey, just have the, you just take the you business run and run it. it. Yeah, you, you run, run it. it. You that's run it. it. I'm you're done. I'm not doing it anymore." As in, Atlas right. shrugged. You're you're about ready to shrug. Yeah. So uh, so I dropped the ten percent and sent the extra people home and said. Mm. You know, forget it. We'll just try to survive. Wow. And small businesses uh, is what runs our country right there. Well, I That's why, why it's tough. We're losing. Right. The auto That's recyclers are, lose, are losing 5 to 8% of, of, of family-owned recyclers a year. I know it's Because true. insurance goes up, regulations going up, taxes are going up. And uh, you can tough. only do – there's only so many hours in a week. So well, family And you just can't raise your prices. You well, can't no. just keep jacking up the prices. People won't pay. It's hard for government to control small businesses but it's a lot easier for them to control the big there giant no ones. doubt and so so i think there's incentive for government to encourage the growth of giant corporations while discouraging the growth of, of actual small businesses no because they're, it's so much harder to, to to nitpick and control small businesses because they're more independent it's just like the 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 the, the tire bill the adeq's tire bill that the governor supported you know, uh, they you contact all the big tire establishments that have all the computers and delivery trucks mm-hmm. and managers and secretaries. They're like, "Hey, this is great. Yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll just that we'll put that right into a process." What, you what get about? a small business that doesn't have a computer and doesn't have but three employees and doesn't have or all maybe these it's systems. A one man show, right, or a one man show, then 
He can't get his truck certified. He can't hire a secretary approved by the state. He can't do all that stuff. So all the big businesses are saying, hey, I don't have a problem with it. The small guy on the bottom, nobody checks with him. So right. it's, it's, it's like chopping the lower rungs of the ladder off. You can't get started because you can't reach the, you can't reach the bottom. That's right. And th- that's the reason we're becoming more of a welfare state because we're, the small businesses can't survive in this atmosphere. And, and uh, they keep raising the uh, – uh, the un the uh, not the unemployment, but they keep raising the, uh, the regulations that get the regulations get in and the. And I uh, think that's one of the problems that we don't we don't adequately um, look at is that that well sometimes well this is pro business, but what about being pro liberty? And so we 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 force some of the smaller guys out, and maybe we make the business the total business go up. But in the meantime, we're forcing. Um, small people out by taking away liberty and justice. All right, quick break. Come back, talk more. Our final few minutes here on this uh, Tuesday. Got a big announcement when we come back about what's going to happen on Thursdays here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, Arrow Plumbing, Earl's doing a great job at Arrow Plumbing. Uh, he put, you know, Arrow together, and the reason they continue to grow uh, with double digit growth is because of how they do their business. They do their business where they guarantee you're going to get the best plumbers out there. They're going to fix the problems you have, and they're going to guarantee it. They guarantee the equipment and the fixtures they've provided and installed in your home will perform as they've stated, or they'll replace the item at no charge to you if that equipment or fixture fails three times in the first year. If you're not 100% satisfied with the service they've provided, they'll refund all of your money. And they guarantee that their expert, their plumber, will clean after himself and leave your home clean, or they'll send a professional team to your home to clean your entire house. That's what makes them so different. Arrow Plumbing. Aeroplumbing.net or just Google Aero Plumbing. You know, if you're thinking about claiming your Social Security benefits, stop. You could be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake that can cost you tens of thousands of dollars. The decision could trigger an avalanche of taxes, double your Medicare premiums. You could avoid that by attending an educational maximizing Social Security class Friday, July the 13th. It's hosted by David Lucas, a David Lucas show. Here on 101.1, The Answer, that workshop makes claiming your benefits simple and easy. Registration, $18, includes a 34-page workbook, maximizing your Social Security benefits. Seating is limited. So if you've saved $100,000 for retirement, call 501-653-6690. 501-653-6690. Don't leave tens of thousands of of dollars and social security benefits on the table. You can also visit davidlucasfinancial.com. Had some people on uh, Facebook asking questions about why Jan Morgan wasn't invited on here yesterday. It was because one of her surrogates was on yesterday, Kenny Wallace. Uh, He got in contact with me, said he wanted to talk about the bikers for uh, Jan Morgan. I said, okay. And, And if people don't think that Kenny Wallace is in a surrogate uh, for Jan uh, Morgan. I just go to his website and take a look at 
all the posts that he does for Jan Morgan. And the bottom line was he came on. He didn't just talk about, uh, in fact, talk very little about the bikers. What he talked about is he talked about Jan Morgan's campaign and what uh, were the principles she was running on. I was asked by JR at that time. I got an email, a text saying that, uh, you know, I could stop by tomorrow if you like. And I said, fine with me. And then I got one back from him about uh, 20 minutes later saying the governor may stop by. And I said, who am I? I'm not going to tell the governor he can't come by. (laughs) And uh, the the governor came by today at 4 o'clock, and we had him on for the half hour. Now, for the person who said you had him on and kissed his butt, screw you, dude. Kiss my ass, all right? You think you're so good? Get your own show. You get on the air and do your own show. Or better yet, why don't you come on my show? Send him a text, would you, to that effect, Elizabeth? He's welcome to come on here, and we'll find out who's really conservative. Because you think that I'm not conservative now? Because I have somebody on the air that's the governor of the state? Guess what? I would have had BB on the air because he was the governor of the state of Arkansas. Come on. They're the governor. You may not agree with them, but they are the governor. You would have had Hillary Clinton on if she was the president. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> you even had the Democrat have. on. You had Clark, yeah. you had Clark on. Tucker. Yeah, I've had Clark Tucker on. I've had a Clark lot of people Tucker on. on. Yeah, Bottom line, just because somebody says that they believe a certain way does not mean that I believe that way. Right. I mean, it's not it's not as if we don't criticize the governor pretty heavily on here. I mean, we've been we've been doing it on this show already today. <laughs> That's why I, I got mean, RD here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we we are we are not a, an Asa Hutchinson suck up crew here. We we criticize him. We criticize others. We consider criticize Democrats. We point out well flaws. Yeah, I'm not. I, I won't ask what his name is on uh, the air, but do send him back a thing that he's welcome to come on the show anytime. And show me where my non-conservative credentials are. I'd like to see that. See, this feeds right back into that conversation that we, we had started earlier off today with. that we started off with. If you don't do exactly the way I do it, you're a scumbag and you deserve to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you want to get, if you want like you know, Hillary Clinton, and, and if you want really to get on, yeah, except people do die. Implorable. Sure. We're implorable. Yeah, no, you missed. Remember that? You missed that joke. Yeah, <laughs> problem is they they don't yeah, just tell his, you you're going to you know, die. Exactly, you end yeah, up dead. Exactly. There's no uh, doubt. Yeah, but so that You'd be walking home late at night and being <laughs> shot in the back, <laughs> but or end up on the railroad track somewhere. But anyway, bottom line is, uh, I'm going to. I don't care who the governor is. If the governor wants to come on, I'll let the governor on and I'll question him. I asked him. I told. I told the folks that were here sitting in this studio, what the main question was I was going to ask him today. Did I ask it? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah how do you... Um, how, how, would you how are you going to re- repair the party? I'd mm-hmm. ask Jane or Jan Morgan the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. How is she going to repair the party? Because there's been a riff in the party. And we have got to make sure the Democrats do not take over, uh, you know, the the... the the position of governor and for everybody who wants to say and i hear you saying it under your breath yeah we already got a democrat in the governor's office let me tell you what let me tell you what that rifra law that you wish would have been tougher there wouldn't have even been one 
if there had been a Democrat in the office. The pro-life laws that passed, there wouldn't have been pro-life laws for the governor to, to get rid of because they wouldn't have been brought forth. I'm just telling you, you, you've got to get a hold of reality here. Right, we, Some we, of you have lost hold of reality. Right, we don't have a governor, but we, we have a we, we don't sorry we don't have a Democrat, but we do have a governor that we're kind of impatient with because we we want him to do more faster. Yeah, and I and think, I've been very um, I've been very honest about that. I think all of us in this room are like that to some extent. I mean, yeah, we, it's, it's nice that we're getting some at least token. I mean, let tax me ask cuts you. instead of increases, Russ, but Russ, what was the first question when when the governor came on a few months ago? What was the first question that I asked him? Do you, you remember talking to me because I wasn't here? Oh, you weren't there that day. No, I wasn't. Zach was. Oh, the Zach was here. Well, oh, I'll yeah. tell you the question I asked him. I said, "If you're reelected, you remember this, Elizabeth. If you're reelected, are you going to do some big, bold initiatives because it's your last four years? You don't have to run for reelection." And he told me, "What? That's not my style." That's not the way I do things. I mean, I asked him. That's a very honest. And he gave me an honest answer. answer. Of course, it's easy for us or me to say because, you know, I am a Dave Ellswick fangirl. But the fact of the matter is this is a radio show. And one of the things that I know you're committed to is giving out information on both sides. Yeah, I do that all Try the time. Try to be I've fair and reasonable it. so people can make up their own minds. We all have our opinions, and certainly we sure give them around here on <laughs> Tuesday afternoon. But we're just the uh, peanut gallery over here. Okay. It's your show, yeah. sir. Uh, listen to Thursday. Because, you know, they've been saying that this, is, uh, this election and the next election are going to be the election of, for the women. You've all heard that. You know, now the women are getting involved and they're running additional candidates or women and, and all the rest. So I'm working. We'll have at least two members. I I don't know if I got my third member yet or not, but we're going to have a women's power panel on Thursdays. Wow, that'll hmm. be cool. I'll tell you one thing. I've been up holding signs for Linda's Colin Smith on the corners, and i tell you one thing. Women having a definite advantage over men holding up signs on corners. Now, I cannot get the reaction from the voters. At Linda. I don't know if it's the color of the hair or what. It was, it, it, was, it was bad. The string, the, spring, the, uh, the string bikini wasn't good. Is, is that right? Yeah, well, that's I don't what think it was. You, <laughs> that's but what it was they have an advantage over something right. but anyway sure. a women's power <laughs> panel will start this week on thursday they'll be on from two until five is or three three to five three to five here on the dave ellswick show all right elizabeth rd and of course paul calvert thank yes, you sir. so much for coming in today appreciate your time here and uh, we'll get back together next Tuesday. So Dave Ellswick show coming up Bible guys next. Stay tuned. All right, back with final hour. Dave Ellswick show for a Tuesday and uh in the studio, the Bible guys are here. Uh Scott is out. He is visiting other places, taking care of other things, so he couldn't make it today. He'll be back with us next Tuesday. But that didn't mean that Steve, without a Twitter, uh, Hess, <laughs> is uh, is here today in the studio like he always is. Steve, it's always good to have you. Thank you. Good to and be here. And Billy is here as well. 
Billy comes over here when uh, Scott is out of town and helps uh, you know fill in the time and things of that nature. If you got a question, eight two three zero nine six five. Had a lot of questions last week because we were talking about Jerusalem mm-hmm. and uh, where does it sit as far as uh, prophecy go, and what did it mean that the United States was moving their embassy to Jerusalem. I, I just saw another country move their uh, embassy there, too, and Netanyahu was at, at their place as well. I forget who it was. I can't think. It was one of the smaller countries that are making their way over there. Yeah, there have been four or five in the last week who have made that move as well. And that's so. good. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a good thing. Uh, the world hasn't imploded. That's right. <laughs> uh, we have found out uh, those people that were rushing the uh, the Israeli soldiers there in Gaza, out of 82 of them, 67 of them were Hamas or Hezbollah members. Mm-hmm. And uh, so bottom line is uh, you got a lot of uh, fake news, which is typical, yep. and believe it or not, uh, CNN and some other channels, uh, you know, threw their weight behind Hamas, one of the more terrible, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, terrorist groups out there who works with Iran. Well, when you both work for the devil, it's easy to pair up together. I guess oh, so. Did I say that out loud? You <clears throat> did say that out loud. <laughs> so we wanted to continue on talking a little bit more about, about Jerusalem because it is a pivotal yeah. city. And it is also a pivotal historical place as well. I'm reading a book right now called Cities of the Bible and how important those cities played out in the history of Israel. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. I Most of the stuff that I'm reading, I never even knew because I've not read a lot of Israeli history mm-hmm. all right, or, or Jewish history sure. is probably the better way to put that. So let me turn it over to you, Steve. I mean, you wanted to you wanted to continue this discussion. We're, what are things that people need to be thinking about now that maybe they haven't or maybe they've never even known? Well, uh, a couple of things. First, um, if you want to know what's really going on over there, you need to get off your mainstream and, uh, you know, any anything that's a normal mainstream media, um, you can very, trust very few. Is that is the Jerusalem Post all right to read? Um, I don't know that I've heard anything, you know, controversial or, or fraudulent. I mean, about I read them. them. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to keep up what's but happening. Over I would there. encourage you to, if you want to find out what's going on in the West Bank, quote unquote, uh, go to Palestinian Media Watch. I believe it's dot org. I, I can't remember the exact um, web domain, but they actually will show you what one news organization will put out. And how they'll crop the picture and and show you what's really going on mm-hmm. in a, in a purposeful effort to try and discredit Israel, and they're trying to make Israel look worse in the world's eyes. Uh, so that's one. Um, now on to Jerusalem. Uh, last week's discussion kind of rolled into this uh, discussion on dispensationalism, right? And dispensationalism is kind of what led us a lot of people in the uh, Christian community to go, well, what's the big deal uh, about this whole thing with Jerusalem, or the worst uh, comment, which is, well, they have no right to be taking that capital over. And part of that comes from the idea that we think because, quote-unquote, the Jews uh, forsook the Messiah, that they now have lost their covenant with God, they've lost their right to the land, and so on and so forth. And now they're just uh, infiltrators. They are um, 
people who are keeping the uh, Palestinians occupiers, occupiers mm-hmm. of their land, mm-hmm. apartheid, blah, 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 blah. All right. Real quick. Palestinian what again was it? Palestinian Media Watch. Media Watch. All right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and so even though we weren't talking as much about Jerusalem, the dispensational discussion is a very important one. Because if we think that there was this period of time where God was dealing with the Jews, um, he's done with the Jews, now he's dealing with the church age, then we really, then one can try and make an argument that the Jews have no right. And that's where this idea comes from, and that's why most of your uh, less than conservative Christian circles believe this theology, which is that the, the Jewish people still have no right to the land. Well, beside the fact that there are several prophecies that speak of the day that was going to come, when God would begin to regather his people. Isaiah 11 says that for the second time he would begin to regather his people. Ezekiel speaks about it. Zechariah speaks about it. I mean, every single prophet speaks about the time in which God is going to regather his people. And we are alive today to see this. And this we've, we've so taken this for granted that we don't even give it a thought, that if you go back 70 years or 72 years ago, this was still impossible for most of your Christian theologians to to believe that this is a reality because they were expecting, well, God was never going to take his people back because right. he rejected them, because they rejected the Messiah, therefore they've been cut off from the prophecies, and all of a sudden they show up. And we go, uh-oh, well, that has a real significant problem with our um, theology and end times views. So, for one, Israel coming back to the land is a big deal. It is fulfilled prophecy. You need you live in a day in which you can turn on your television, you can open up a map and say that the Bible is real because God is regathering his people. Now he's furthered that because he has it's not that the fact just simply because we put our embassy there all of a sudden is that that's just like a fulfilled prophecy. Um, but what it what I think it does is if you look back at the secular movement of how Cyrus began to send the Jewish people back, uh, it wasn't until the Jewish people got back after the Babylonian captivity that it became, if you will, became spiritual again. Right. That they got back to the things of God. Ezra uh, records where they found the Torah and they all wept because they heard it. So, yes, there are some who make the case that because of the Zionist movement in the late 1800s and all that, this is more secular, and the majority of the Jewish people are secular, which is true. However, there is also right now a big revival within the Jewish world. And there's a lot of people, not, there are a lot of people that are coming to faith in Messiah, but there are also even just non-conservative Jewish people who are just starting to become religious Jews. Absolutely. And so it's, it's very significant that, that the, the Jewish people get encouraged by the world leader to say, we acknowledge biblical and, and secular history that this city is your city. And, and you are the ones that have laid foundation to it. If we get religious, we can say that God is the one who ordained this. God is the one who gave it to David, uh, and so on and so forth. So it, it's kind of a big deal that we are kind of taking the lead, if you will, to say that we are going to acknowledge that this is the capital of Israel. Let me down. tell you what, it's not kind of a big deal. It's a huge deal. All you got to do is look at how the uh, Arabs have yeah. Uh, or or the, the real radical Arab groups have reacted to this. There's just saw a political cartoon, Dome of the Rock, uh, Holy Serpicure, and next to it, the U.S. Embassy, and it looks like a grenade with the pin in it. <laughs> um, that's a real possibility. Um, something, something's got to happen. Um, they, we can't get from where we are currently to the events we see in end times prophecy without something happening between here and there. So, um, but you know, 
God is still on the throne. God okay. has always had a plan. So a place to go, he was telling us it was the Palestinian Media Watch. Media Watch. It's right. pal, P-A-L, watch, dot org. Powerwatch.org. That'll take you there, and it is very interesting. Yeah. They'll show you how they crop the pictures and, and just the blatant lies. And it's not just them. I mean, uh, you probably pointed out when there was a um, a rally back in Washington, and uh, I can't remember if it was CNN or MSNBC, and there was a guy uh, who had a gun on his hip. Yeah. And they, they cropped the picture because what they didn't want to show you that it was a black man who had a gun on his mm-hmm. hip. Right. So they do the same thing over there to try and make the Jewish people look bad. Sure. And, and – I got to tell you, it, uh, it's sad, but uh, it is the way of the world, and you yeah. have got to educate yourself. I was going to say, the reason they're doing it and the reason it's successful is because we're spending more time on Dancing with the Stars, American mm-hmm. Idol, Facebook, whatever your television show, whatever your flavor is, because we give three seconds and we call, and we call a Wikipedia search good scholarship, and that's why they're doing it. <laughs> You know, that you know, anybody can get into and change. Right. And so we call that, you know, either um, good journalism or good scholarship if you're studying, whatever the case is. And we're, we are the ones that are responsible for the condition of our country, not the media, not the politicians. It's because we've gotten so accustomed and lazy uh, and lethargic in, in how we research and find out what's going on. All right. So, Steve, and I asked this question last week. I'll let you go back and answer it one more time before we go to the break. And that is. For all the people, I mean, there is a huge appetite within the church of the the United States for all things prophecy. You know, (laughs) when is Christ coming back? How is he going to come back? Will he be driving a Lamborghini? You know, all (laughs) all those type of questions are out there. And then this thing started with us putting uh, the embassy back, not back, but putting the embassy in. Jerusalem. It wasn't going back. It's never been put there, although right. three presidents had the opportunity to do it. So the the question is, what should the the, the eschatologists out there take from this? Uh, they they should really uh, sit up in their chairs and really start watching intently. Uh, I won't. What I, should they be watching for? That's um, the best question for the nations. Um, well, uh, Arogden. Uh, who is the leader of uh, Turkey, mm-hmm. uh, has called for the, the Muslim nations to attack Israel, they, has called for them to unite. Uh, and there has been some late, uh, more modern um, uh, eschatology that says Turkey is the Gog and Magog, not the Russia that people have kind of interpreted. Okay. And so I think what we need to be looking for is probably some of the uh, Arab nations to to unite uh, in, in attacking Israel. Not seeing that right now. No, you're not. And We're seeing more... Arab nations saying they have a right to exist. That's right. right. Yep. But we know at some point that, that, there, that has to be change. A, there has to be an army mustered uh, of 200 million, right? And there are only two forces on the planet right now that can do that. And one of those is Islam, and the other one's China. So when we look for, hey, who's going to fill this army, the question becomes, who hates Israel more? Uh, and it is much more likely that at some point, uh, Islam is going to rise up and go, no, we're tired of y'all being right in the heart of um, what we consider ours. Um, so, and we can't trust that they're looking to be friends with Israel because they are um, commanded in the Quran not to attack their enemy while their enemy is strong. Because right. if they lose the battle, it would diminish the name of Allah. So they. You know, I'm have, not. I'm not saying that they've called up, you know, uh, Netanyahu and asked him out to dinner. I mean, <laughs> right. I, under, I right. understand that, and and they're nowhere near 
that kind of feelings between those countries. But I would have thought that there would have been more outcry from the Arab nations about the United States going to Jerusalem, although I got to give Trump credit, I think. A lot of the world's scared of Trump. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're, they're like, that boy's crazy. We yeah. ain't going over there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he does uh, He does channel some of that spirit of Reagan in that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They, they can't exactly be sure how he'll react to anything. So, yeah. And I do think that'll probably be the thing uh, that most people out here would not like to hear me say, and that is I believe our demise is what's going to ignite the Arab world, that yeah. when we cannot financially uh, be the leader of the world any longer, I think. They will quit being nice to Israel. Right now, they're afraid, and they're taking our money. Well, they should be. You just heard the story at the top of the hour that the uh, the uh, Israelis used our newest fighter mm-hmm. plane there, and um, Syria didn't even know yep. that they, they were in there. their airspace. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how stealthy it is. Yep. And uh, that's why a lot of things went boom, and they're going, why is that boom? You know? <laughs> exactly. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. Your questions, 823-0965. Talking prophecy again this week with the Bible guys here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, hey, don't forget about Sunny's Out Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. If you're really a green person, then you should be using Sunny's Auto Salvage the way I've used it. Got a 2009 uh, a car and needed a new transmission did i go out and buy a new one use new parts to build up the old one nope i went over to sunny's found a, a 2009 corolla pulled they pulled out the transmission only had 50 uh, not well had less than fifty-eight thousand miles on transmission put that in then we needed to get a, a motor for, for it we went and did the same thing this one only had fifty-eight thousand. now that's true recycling that's exactly the kind of recycling you we all should be trying to do. Save me a whole lot of money than buying a new car. Save me a whole lot of money than going out and buying a, basically a, a rebuilt engine and mm-hmm. rebuilt uh, transmission. And I got a three-year uh, warranty, parts and labor, and unlimited mileage. You can't beat that. I'm fine now. This car is going to run for three years, and if it doesn't, then RD over at Sunny's going to take care of it because it's warranted. For you to take uh, advantage of that, all you got to do is call 982 7451. You talk to RD 982 7451. That's Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Real recycling. All right, Dave Ellswick Show, we're talking about prophecy again. Uh, Steve is here, Billy's here. And uh, I'll let you pick up with it again, because now you said something made me feel good. What's that? You said you were becoming a pantheistic person. (laughs) (laughs) Not pantheistic. That means you believe in God is in everything. Right. But uh, you're a pan-millennialist, which is it all pan out in the end. Look, I read all. I I did a a course in seminary on eschatology. I don't buy – pre-trib no too many too many holes too much uh you know tape and spit and stuff holding all gum holding it all together and i'm not an awe and i'm i'm not anything i i believe it's going to happen when it happens there'll be certain signs that it's happening and i just want to know when it's happening so i can really start screaming at people <laughs> there you hey go. well i'd like to, the, like to share what billy was talking about during the break and that is 
that prophecy was given for us not to predict the future, but to understand the events as they were unfolding or after they have unfolded. And that's how we were able to – there's a phrase that the writers in the, in the Gospels and the uh, Apostolic Writings put or the New Testament, and they said this phrase, this is what it meant when the prophet said. And they didn't fully comprehend the entire role of what Jesus was going to do when he came until after it all happened. And so I'm re- I get really, really nervous when I watch some of these guys sit there and tell you it's step by step this is going to happen. When this trumpet happens, blows, this is going to happen. When this bowl is poured out, then this is going to happen. And I just that's not the design and nature of prophecy. So right. you have to be very careful, and I would tell you really to be extremely leery of those guys because I believe they're leaving people – down a, a bad path because they're going to set them up with this expectation and all of a sudden it doesn't happen and it's going to cause them to question all of the Bible. Right. Well, and part of our uh, prophecy is by and large written in poetic language and we're not reading that poetic language in its original language. Um, so take a world famous poem, translate it into a, another language and then read it and see if it has the same impact. And the answer is it absolutely does not. We lose so much mm-hmm. when we do that. So um, for starters, it, it is... It was not meant to place uh, dates and times on things. And secondarily, it's in a poetic language. And um, thirdly, while we have more access to uh, the Bible and to study material, we are one of the dumbest uh, generations we have ever had when it comes to the Bible. All right. With that, we'll hold it and pick it up <laughs> All right. when we come back because we've got uh, news that we got to get to. Maybe find out more about those jets the Israelis used uh, – with the Syrians just a few days ago, caught the Russians off guard. Mm-hmm. They didn't know we had that technology either, so we must have caught all their spies. Uh, it's the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back after SNR News, which is coming up now. All right, it's a Tuesday. It's the final hour of my show, and that means the Bible guys are here. If you have a question, 823-0965, 823-0965. We've been talking about prophecy today, talking about, you know, Jerusalem. We've been talking about Israel. We've been talking about, you know, what are some of the signs that will tell you that, you know, the uh, coming of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord, or how many times I look at it as the second coming because it's the main second coming mm-hmm. uh, when he gets here, That uh, and things are going to really change at that time, that, uh, you know, what should you be hearing? And if you're if you're seeing those signs, why aren't you out grabbing every one of your friends that aren't believers and looking them straight in the eye and say, "Dude, we've got to talk," or do that, whichever. Absolutely, <laughs> it, it is supposed to be the call for us to get busy. Uh, that that's what we're supposed to be hearing at this point. The um, fields are ripe. The fields the are labor, and there are not enough laborers. Few. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, you know because we study and talk about the uh, the feast so much, um, the the final feast, the feast of tabernacles, is known as, a, known as the feast of ingathering. And there were a lot of people that you would hear a phrase, especially in the charismatic circles, would talk about the latter rain in which they were believing there was going to be an end time revival. And there really is not a scripture that clearly says that there's going to be an end time revival. But there are some really strong hints, and one of those is the fall feast of tabernacles. Right. And if all of the, if the spring feast and Jesus' first coming were fulfilled in the things that he did, then how some of us now interpret these feasts is right before the in gathering, which is when you gather in all the crops, 
that and it's going to be the greatest harvest it is the largest harvest of the year so that it only because of the, how those fees work out it only makes sense that there will be some sort of arrival or uh, a call to that when we start seeing it's approaching all right, right. before you guys go on uh billy's got his son here benjamin i do indeed yeah you know, grab that mic and pull it close to you benjamin he didn't know i was going to do this <laughs> are you freaking out right now benjamin a little bit yeah. a little bit okay turn his microphone on there tell me about the shirt that you have on uh i've got an all-state yeah you gotta get right up there i've got an all-state uh 2018 shirt on um it's a choir selective choir for the entire state of arkansas which means you're one of the outstanding singers that can be in this choir. Is that what you're telling yes. me? He is. You're trying to keep from telling me because you're trying to be humble, aren't you? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Nancy, <laughs> you can tell it. He is. He is a. Uh, he is a. He has a phenomenal voice and is phenomenally gifted. Um, he has. This is third year in a row for all region and all state this year. Um, as well as the select choir and has just had an amazing year choir wise. Wow, man. Dude, yep. I didn't know I had like a superstar here. <laughs> he also happens to be so, just a little bit bashful. So what? 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 Uh, what grade you in? Uh, tenth. Tenth I'm grade. Finished okay. with tenth grade now. Yep. All right. So you're going to be a junior. Mm-hmm. Are you looking to go into music in in college? Uh, yeah, a little bit. You know, vocal. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like you know something that'd be cool. I mean, make sure you you have you get a degree in that. Get a degree in something else that you can fall back on and make money. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'm just telling you. It's, just, it's like I heard that Russ was talking to you and you were asking him about radio. Dude, if you're looking to make money, do not go into radio. Go get rich I'm, first. Uh, yeah, go get radio and de- or go get rich and get money and then do radio. That's the best way to do Well, we're thankful that you came here today. Thank you. It's cool. You also get to sit does, here and watch uh, it all happen. The uh, Bible competitions too, right? Uh, he has in the past. Yeah. Uh, they, he has been uh, a Bible quizzer and uh, has been to nationals on several occasions. Ooh, sword has, drills. There you go. Uh, has <laughs> has won. What we used to um, call them. Yeah, has won some some bling. Uh, got a whole box full of uh, medals and ribbons and such at the house. So yes. talented young man. We're going to step out and just let him take there over. There you go. Yeah, when he's ready, we'll be able to do that. All right. Well, Benjamin, thanks for coming. Thank you. Got a good Jewish name. There you go. One of the tribes. Got to like that. All right. So um, where where were you? You were carrying on, Billy. I was carrying on. (laughs) Which is weird. I'm going to let him carry it on some more. Go. Uh, I wish I knew I was carrying on about before. Um, We were were talking about prophecy. Yes, Yes. we were. And we were talking about end time events. Yes. Uh, And I think I'd made the statement about that it's really not meant to be... Um, it's not meant to be fortune telling, right? It's meant to be, um, it's meant to give us a clue that things are going on. It's meant to tell us that the time is getting very short and that we're supposed to be very busy. And I think we're seeing, um, particularly within the Hebrew roots movement, um, we were talking a couple of weeks ago, uh, that we are seeing something that you don't generally see in Christianity, quote unquote, because generally you can look back at any particular denomination. And if you follow it back far enough, you will find a person who stepped out at some point and went, Hey, here's where I'm going to plant my flag. And we don't see that in this desire to return to the Hebrew roots that it, it is bubbling up everywhere. And I think that is uh, part of the proof that this is a God thing, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the proof of what is supposed to happen in that end time. When we talk about that end time revival, we still have to remember that the Word of God says that road is narrow, um, and, and few it is who will walk the road. Um, so I, I 
on Sunday when I was preaching, I mentioned that I'd seen a video recently called uh, Why the Majority is Always Wrong. And it was a businessman talking about, you know, it, it is the majority who establishes what the norm is. And therefore, if you want to rise above the norm, you have to do something beyond what the majority is doing. But I think in a lot of cases, that's true, particularly in the West, in our churches, because our churches have become... And I hope I don't offend anyone out there, but it becomes so watered down. And businesses. Just and businesses. They are business. Um, that if you're not willing to do something beyond, then you may find yourself really surprised. Uh, the Word of God is clear that if he didn't shorten the days, even the elect would be lost. How much more so those who are just happy to have gotten their get-out-of-hell-free card and then are sitting because that's where they're supposed to be on a Sunday morning. And Not their fire insurance. And that idea of completely organized, structured, bylaws, everything figured out church is why I keep making the point about under, not getting too uh, specific with prophecy. Absolutely. Because – there were people who thought they had figured out who the Messiah was going to be, and when he came differently than expected, they refused to see him. They couldn't see him because they had it all figured out. And that's my biggest fear for the vast majority of American Christianity and denominational churches is that we've got this all figured out, man. We've been studying Tim LaHaye and all these other big prophecy sure. teachers and Hal Lindsey for all these years, and, man, we know exactly what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, things are going to be going different. Just like when Israel became a nation again, that messed up so many churches. And now what Billy was alluding to with the, the Hebraic roots is this ain't supposed to happen. We're not supposed to go right. back to keeping the Sabbath and the feast. Don't they know? Well, I think that we could find some scriptures that point out the fact that this is necessary and that that the um, that the law and the prophets, as we were talking about off the air, or the, the spirit uh, and the law had to come together uh, before this happened. So I don't know. I think we just need to keep paying attention and just watch very um, critically uh, to what's going on and be very excited. Never be afraid. Too many people are afraid. If you ever watch a series on History Channel or whatever and they start talking about the apocalypse, it gets very deep. And then the world (laughs) is going to come to an end when it's supposed to be a time of shouting. Jesus said when those times approach to look up and rejoice for your. Why wouldn't you get excited? Well, yep. it's because they ain't living right. They're scared. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they're nervous. Well, and, and I want to go back to something you just you, you bumped on um, and kind of expound there. Our relationship, just like any relationship, um, just like my relationship with my wife, our relationship with God, our understanding of God is meant to be progressive. You should not be in the same place with your walk with God today as you were 10 years ago. And that is the primary problem with denominations is that they have set up what it is they believe. And there's no room. There's no real room for growth there because unless you come in not understanding everything that they are, once you achieve their level of understanding, you're done in that denomination as far as your your learning goes. And you're going to hear a lot of um, sermons and a lot of teaching coming th- from the pulpit to reinforce that denominational belief, but not necessarily to make you question the things. God is not afraid of questions. Mm-hmm. Let me just say that. God is not afraid of questions, and he's not even afraid of when you have doubts about what he's doing. He's big enough that that does not scare him at all. But to sit in a church and never question also means that you are never growing. It is through questions. It is through failure that we grow. And if you can't get to the place where you're willing to go, hey, look, I'm willing to step out. Um, the one, I, I tell people that um, Steve Steve is probably the person that I hang out with most who I am most different from as far as our beliefs at times. Um, but he's also the person I like to hang out with most because just as iron sharpens iron, so he sharpens me. Because there are times when he said stuff and I've had to go, you know, 
I hadn't stopped to consider that that way. But then there have been times when he said stuff, and I've gone, no, nah, I think you're wrong there. And it is because we can, we can have that conversation and be okay with the fact that we are not the exact same person and mm-hmm. don't have the exact same set of beliefs that we can sharpen one another. If you're sitting next to someone who has the exact same set of beliefs, then you are not growing and neither are they. Yeah. And you need to be comfortable enough in your faith. And you know what? You should be comfortable and safe enough to go, I don't know the answer to that. So when, Absolutely. You know, when people ask me about things of prophecy and they get real nervous when you say, well, I really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some ideas and I and I can see some things in the scriptures. And I can tell you right now, there's some things that that um, that I've been studying over the last, so I'd say, two years that has completely changed my view of prophecy. But there are some things that are absolutely clear, which, the, like we said, starting to show off in the last week, Jerusalem is a big deal. Absolutely. It was an absolute requirement. Israel is a big deal. How those wars and all that plays out is what we have to see. But the fact that God is regathering his people from the four corners of the earth is ginormous in our day, that we are watching God fulfill his covenantal name to bring his people back and regather them back to their homeland, their okay, covenantal so land. I'm going to have a question for the last part of the show. But before we go to our next break, let me just ask. What are some things that you believe believers should be watching for? I mean, you made mention about Israel uh, saying that Christ was the Messiah, things of that nature. Uh, Will that come through the government? Will that come through uh, several rabbis standing up? I mean, how is that going to occur, do you believe? there was? I believe it was from Time Magazine, and and Pastor Scott has quoted this a few times, Secular Magazine, and they said they had a list of 10 things that would change the world. Change the world. Mm -hmm. And the number 10 thing on the list was if, if Christianity would embrace that Jesus was Jewish. That's 10 from a secular magazine. And so that, are you saying that most Christians don't believe Christ was Jewish? I, I don't I don't think I they didn't, know. I didn't. When I first got saved and walked into church, six month, a different church, the, the Hebraic church that I, I started off in, and the, and the people there told me that um, they celebrated the feast. My wife looked at me and said, well, it only makes sense because he was Jewish. And I literally looked at her and went, he was? I had yeah. no clue. So um, that that I think is going to be a big. It will be it will be earth shaking when the rabbinic community in the in the national Israel makes that declaration. It will be earth shaking when that happens. Okay. So are there other? But are there other things? I mean, that you, well, I that think you've that been reading about that the, you say, yeah, this or that or whatever. I think the biggest things are the the God bringing all the nations because it says in Ezekiel when He brings all of the nations, it says that He is going to destroy all of those nations so that the world will know that he is God. That's right. the biggest sign because he's going to take this little nation of 8 million, 14 million around the world and be victorious when it should be impossible militarily right. for them to be victorious. And then the, the world will declare that the God of Israel is the God of the universe. And I think that's the biggest thing in the, some of those wars is what we've got to be looking for. And I think before that, we can start looking for... Um Probably fairly quiet, but mass immigration. We we know that uh, we're told that he's going to send the fishermen to gather them to the land of Israel. Right to the land of Israel. Okay, who's and, the fishermen? And uh, th- that'll that'll be God fishing them, okay. telling them, right. you know, pleading with them, come, come, come. But okay. then when that fails, he's going to send the hunters. He's going to force them out. So when we start seeing people, maybe entire countries going, you're just not welcome here anymore. I, I, it shouldn't be long before that happens in Spain. Yeah. Um, we start seeing that sort of thing happening. That's that's one of those signs because he needs to bring them all to one place so that the events that are there can play out. And by the way, six million of them live in this country. Yep. All right. Let's uh, take a last break. When we come back. 
Let's talk about the Pope and something that he said. <laughs> That's coming up on the next segment of the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so big story this week. A uh, This is from the uh, what is it, New York Daily News. It wasn't quite a blessing, but a gay man who talked with Pope Francis about child sex abuse said the pontiff's comment about his sexual orientation was the next best thing. Juan Carlos Cruz, who was victimized as a child by the notorious uh, Chilean pedophile priest Fernando Caradima, said the progressive pope told him in a private meeting two weeks ago that it, quote, does not matter to him that Cruz is gay. He told me, Juan Carlos, that you are gay does not matter, Cruz recalled for El Paz, a Spanish newspaper. God made you like this and loves you like this, and I don't care. The Pope loves you like this. You have to be happy with who you are. Boy, that leaves a whole lot of slap room. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting over here gritting my teeth. Um, it's, um, it's a sad thing um, that a, something that the Bible is clear uh, that says, and I'm not going to sit here and read all the scriptures. I mean, it is very clear. But for those, I will say this, because there's some people, I've had some people when all of this, when I was in the military and people knew what I, who I was and what I did, and they would say, well, what does the Bible say about this? I said, well, the Bible says that a man shouldn't lie with another man the way he does with a woman. But the Bible also says something about divorce and getting drunk and lying <laughs> and stealing, but I don't hear you guys having a problem with that, in which case the room shut up. Uh, we have to be it's sad because our society and the world as a whole has begun to accept this uh, behavior, this abomination as normal. Uh, and this is just this is actually goes along with end times mentality because the whole world is starting to accept uh, something that the Bible clearly says is an abomination. Now, with but the the issue here is when you look at this man in this situation. The, and why we shouldn't judge and why we should seek to try and help people is because a lot of people that find themselves in these situations are just like that man who was the result of m- molestation. And and that has an enormous effect on people's sexuality if that was their first experience. And, and they tend to kind of gravitate back to something like that. And so they really do need help and deliverance, but they don't need to be told that it's okay. Um, I think that, you know, it says the only thing that God won't forgive people for is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Right. But I think touching children is probably a pretty close second because Jesus said it would be best if a millstone was hung around people who offended children. Right. That they, basically, he's saying it would be best if they don't even come before my judgment seat. Right. Best that they don't get found. Uh, and so that we need to be, you know, making sure that within love and we try and deal with these people. But it's sad, a man who... The world reveres and the, the, a billion Catholics review at, view as an authoritative. So when he says this, right. that's almost the equivalent of Jesus saying it's okay. Um, you know, he is uh, – how is it? The terminology is, you know, Christ among us. I can't remember how the, the term translates. But when he makes a, a law or decision, uh, it's accepted. And so now that you got him making these kind of statements, then that means a billion people are going to begin to accept something that the Bible clearly says is well, not acceptable. This is, this is what some observers in the church warned against. They warned against interpreting the comments as a shift in church policy 
because they were made in private and not independently confirmed. And I, and I right, and that's why I, I would agree uh, with that. But at the same time, without a clarification, if he does not come out and clarify that, then people are going to run with this story, just like you know, like looks like like we are, because yeah. it sounds like he's condoning it. Right, and and I will say that there is a significant portion of his <clears throat> statement that I don't disagree with. God does love him. There's no doubt about that. He loves that. everybody. God God is love. God cannot fail to love someone that would be contrary to the nature of God and would cause God to be a liar. So God does love the man. That's not the problem. The problem is that when an authority says, well, even though God said this is sin, and that's that's really all we're dealing with. We're dealing with a sin. Mm-hmm. Um, you just continue to live in your sin because the problem with that is you've given this man permission to never get better. You've given him permission to face the Almighty still having lived a sinful life and never having been called to come out of that. And this, to me, is one of the reasons, and it's not even to me, it's why the Bible says, be really careful about wanting to be a teacher Mm -hmm. because you will find yourself judged more harshly. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, because of stuff just like this. Whose blood is that man's hands on if he stands before the judgment throne still in this condition? I think that Pope's got a lot to answer for, period. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a very difficult um, time and age in which we live when we see so many people, because a lot of people throw out, God does love this man, but what a lot of people do is they reverse the scripture where it says God is love, and they say love is God. Right. Uh, and, and God loves us so much uh, that he doesn't want us to stay. And that's why he hasn't come back yet. That's right. He's given us time. He's giving you time to decide. Uh, to repent. And, and that's why, I, I, before I answered that I, I i started off with the other story because that's the big sin and people love to oh, yeah. you know jump on that sin and say well look at this but well are you honest are you right. lying are you stealing are you cheating are you committing adultery are you late night looking on them websites you shouldn't be getting on and all those kind of things and but yet you feel confident enough to be condemning of others and we need to be very cautious uh with that because and, then we open ourselves up to some serious judgment and this is one of those problems that the modern-day church has because they have, by and large, taken the Old Testament and tossed it in the trash. Without the Old Testament, without the Torah, you cannot properly define sin. Mm-hmm. And when sin becomes what I think is wrong rather than what the Word of God says is wrong, then everything's up for grabs. Yeah. The things that I think are bad become bad, and the things I think are good become good, and that is precisely what we are told about the end times, is that men will call evil good and good evil. Yeah, I wonder what God thinks about churches who say, yeah, you can be a practicing homosexual and preach. Mm-hmm. Well, he describes it as an abomination. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a move within a group of evangelicals that is starting to come out regularly. Um, that are, are getting to the place that they're even saying the Ten Commandments are irrelevant today. Mainstream. I'll say most people are living that way. Yeah. yeah. But no, we're talking authority. If we want to talk about the Pope, then we can talk about these guys as well. Sure. Who are out preaching that the Ten Commandments are irrelevant, and they are, they are leading even more people down another path where they are going to be more. Beware in wolves and sheep clothing. That's right. All right. Beware it. All right. Time for us to get out of here. It's Dave Ellsby Show Bible Guys again next Tuesday at 5 o'clock, Jerry. And everybody's going to be here. I got Jerry. Yeah. Was it Jerry who was the guy that's coming? I forgot his name. Okay. Well, we got to get out of here. I got nine seconds. Here <laughs> comes the news. <laughs> <laughs>
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.